Welcome to the Yggdrasil Podcast. This is Ratatosker, your host. We have Handy Tips Gaming today and Wyvarian. Hey. What's up? So how you guys been doing lately? I can't complain. I know that uh, I've been seriously beyond addicted to uh, Stories 2, so I mean that's <laughs> been taking up like all of my time, but I could definitely say the same for Wyvarian, I'm sure. Yeah, Boyvarian was pumping out content uh, early on in the in the. He probably still is actually with the oh, story is. is too. Yeah, um, I ever since uh, ever since I got the game, kind of just been playing nothing but that. Um, it's actually like the first two weeks, uh, my sleep schedule was beyond fucked up, <laughs> and it got to the point where. Like, even if I slept eight hours, I'd wake up so tired. Right. It was Because you're just putting so much time into it. <laughs> it was terrible. And then i wake up every day, make a video, rinse Seriously. and repeat every day. I so- was going to say, because I actually just, the other day, used one of your videos for that uh, rhyming riddle with uh, Dread Queen. Yeah. I nice. just used your video for that. Awesome. So, uh, I want to get into stories, too, but uh, before that, I want to ask you, okay, I'm so, I'm so tired from, like, uh, <laughs> making content, like, like, I work, and then I make content, and I'm just sitting here, and I'm like, is, is all content creators this tired all the time? <laughs> because, like, <laughs> between playing the game that you want to play, all right, and then making the content, and then, and then working, as like... It, it, am I doing something wrong? Is, am I just taking too long in, in one in one aspect or another? Because like I can't imagine everybody's always this tired constantly. Well, um, I can definitely say that like lately I've taken like a little bit of a break as far as like the YouTube side of things and like making videos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that was purposely done because I was feeling exactly the way that you are right now. So I've kind of taken a step back in that approach, and it seems like when I did that. I noticed a little bit of a difference as far as me being like so tired. But when I was like pumping out videos more frequently, yeah, it, it's it's not like you're doing something wrong. That's just kind of how it is, at least for me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I noticed you started handy. Uh, you started streaming on Twitch, and uh, are you also still streaming on YouTube, or are you doing both, or are you focusing on one or the other? What's going on? Um. Well, I know that I would like to kind of get the Twitch base built up because as far as streaming goes, it's just so much more streamlined on Twitch. Like literally all I have to do is just like on OBS, I just have to hit start streaming. It's done. We're going. Everything's ready to go. And then as far as like your interaction with your community and stuff, Twitch has so many more things built into it that promotes that interaction. You know, they have things like channel points where people like rack up points for watching your stream and then you can like put different things that they can do you know like for example one of the things that i have on there is like for so many channel points you can like pick my loadout in stories too or something you know what i mean it just gives a lot more incentive for that interaction and i like it a lot but i still do uh stream on youtube as well like right now stories 2 is pretty much the exclusive thing on twitch that i'm doing and then uh, I've been playing through 3U uh, with a couple of my community members. And that I've been doing on YouTube. So, yeah, I'm still doing both. 
Do you do any Twitch at all, Weberian, or any streaming? Well, funny. When <laughs> I um when I started uh trying to take content creation a bit more seriously, I wanted to primarily stream. And that's where I started on Twitch. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um it uh let's say I made affiliate in like two weeks after like streaming consistently. Uh-huh. Um, and then after that, it kind of slowed down. I-, I think I just don't like streaming as much. Huh. Maybe. I was going to say, I-, I thought I remembered seeing a tweet talking about how you don't like streaming as much. But I mean, that's the thing, dude, is honestly, I mean, you're great at creating content. So if you end up sticking with that, I mean, I, I don't blame you. I mean, you do great. Yeah, I, th- I think I... I think I want to stick with uh, making videos and probably like stream on special occasions, maybe. I'm interested in that. streaming, but I'm not sure. Okay, so first of all, I need to get better internet because I, I made some tests and what I'm what I've got right now is not working. Or maybe you know, actually, handy. You, you streamed on YouTube. Do you also have the problem where the chat gets ridiculously behind on YouTube? Uh, uh, on, yeah. On this, it's, 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 I have a similar thing to what you have. Um, where you have a chat on the screen, um, and right. it gets so far behind where the actual chat is. It's just, it's just silly. I'm like, why, why, yeah. <laughs> why are you doing this? I was gonna say, I know that I usually have multiple people in the chat saying something along the lines of that, and I even put it like, you know, did you see like the latency options and stuff? Yes. Because like I even put it on like ultra low yes. latency and whatnot, and it still seems like at some point i have a couple people saying that they're like really far behind on the chat i don't know if that's everybody or not because i only get some people that say it but yeah i know exactly what you're talking about and it it definitely happens to me as well i have two questions on twitch regarding that do you have a similar problem to that on twitch as far as you noticed and how many of your normal audience did you manage to get onto twitch that would normally watch your youtube um, well, I don't really notice it being a problem as far because it doesn't seem like anybody is saying that it's a problem on Twitch. Um, but that's a smaller base, you know what I mean? Because the, the follow up question that you asked, not everybody is a fan of Twitch, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, YouTube is where I started, that's where most of my base is and stuff. So, like, it's hard because I don't want to alienate. You know, anybody that, you know, stuck with me on YouTube and, like, started with me. But as far as, like, a streaming process goes, Twitch is really just way better as far as, like, the ease. And, like I said, it's a bit more streamlined. But, I mean, it'll probably kind of go like this for a while, you know, to where I stream something on Twitch and then also have, like, the... 3U or, you know, old world games like 3U, Gen U, 4U, I might do those you know specifically on youtube yeah i'm I'm thinking of diversifying because you hear it a lot from the bigger channels or, or people more experienced than myself where like if you diversify your content too much uh youtube doesn't know what to do with it anymore stop yeah. recommending it right and right. like i have a theory it's it's like so so i make dark souls lore videos occasionally and they don't do well um and I get that they don't do that well with my audience, okay? Because, you know, we have built it up with Monster Hunter people. So I'm not blaming the people that I've already got subscribed. But, right. you know, it should show it to other people. Because I'm, I've seen the analytics on it. It has a really long watch time for the people that do see it. It has a really um, high engagement, a lot of comments for how many views it got. And then I'm like, so 
what YouTube's probably doing is something like it notices that my subscribers aren't watching it. And then it's like, well, if the subscribers aren't interested, surely no one else right. is going to be interested in. And so it doesn't promote it to outside people. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm just like, no, it's exactly the outside people you should be promoting it to. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so I'm thinking of maybe um, streaming, but it, it's, it's significantly different than the content that I'm doing right now. So if I stream, I either need to make another YouTube channel or make a, a Twitch channel exclusively for streaming. I might even have a clips channel uh, mm -hmm. for little clips like us talking and little here in the, in the podcast and then clip the, the good interactions and like make them individual smaller videos. I think people would like right. that. Right. And see, that's the thing is that I wish if I could go back and start over, I would absolutely have not started streaming on YouTube. Oh, period. Oh. Yeah, because it, it really does. Like, it does not help your channel in any way having yeah. your streams and then them, like, uploading right after because, like, <laughs> you're not going to have nearly as many views on those videos and whatnot. And I really do. I feel like it fucks up, like, the... I, I don't know exactly what you were talking about as far as, like, the analytics and stuff and they're say, they're seeing, like, okay, so most of your subscribers and stuff, like, aren't watching these videos... And then if I stream like a couple days in a row, mm. that's a couple of those videos getting put into my library. You know what I mean? So right. I would. I definitely would have started strictly streaming on Twitch. Because yeah, like you... It, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I, it feels like uh, streaming a lot on YouTube can actually kill your channel, especially if you're not like super duper established. Yep. Like, because I've seen channels like, I've seen channels like that focus on maybe, let's say, FF14. And let's say the first two years of their career, they were doing pretty well. And then when they decided to stream like a couple of days a week and try to upload, it just tanked their yep. channel. Tanked yep. it. Yeah, I could see that happening. Oh. And see, that's why I, I never knew why people were having like these separate channels and this and that like i had no idea why people were doing that and i would see it pretty frequently but now i very much understand why and <laughs> it's definitely something that i should have done in the first place okay so it's like a curse right like it's like a monster because monster hunter people i hear this all the time monster hunter content creators are like you know i got in with monster hunter it's, it's where i've got most of my subscribers most of my bases in monster hunter but then they can't break out of it. Like the channel just refuses. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. they, like the the subscribers are just not interested in almost any other topic. As soon as as soon as they see a, a different topic, and then and then you see it on Twitter all the time. They're complaining, and I'm like, I also complain. But it's not that I'm complaining that my subscribers aren't interested in my other content. That's understandable. It's, I'm complaining at YouTube for for its stupid ass algorithm. Right. Right. Well, you're saying that like you're not blaming. Like you said, you're not blaming your subscribers or anything like that. You're talking about YouTube seeing this video and seeing that it's doing well with the certain kind of people but because they're not your subscribers they're just thinking that it's bad yeah or that you know what i mean they shouldn't recommend it which is wrong and i don't know it's if that's a, what's happening but you know it could be it's a community thing because being in this community for so long i can tell you that because of how serious people take monster hunter and because a lot of the content revolves around informational stuff there's like very little room for much uh, creators to inject 
all of their personality into their content when you're right. always telling people how to do this how to do that so it's like if it's not monster hunter or something in- informative on monster hunter they're like well why am i watching you you know right. that's why like i know when when i um when i came into the community and i wanted to uh make more content i wanted to just be this really i wanted to make informational stuff but i also wanted to be a fucking idiot <laughs> and I wanted people to follow me for me, not necessarily just for Masa Under. Yeah. And I yeah. remember I, I did a poll on, on Twitter and I was like, are you following me for Masa Under or are you following me for also me? And surprisingly, most people are following me because of me. Because hmm. yeah. I'm a goddamn fool on Twitter. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I mean, that's a perfect way to go about things. I mean, just genuinely being yourself. I mean, you have a sense of humor and stuff that people can relate to and everything. So it, it, you did. I mean, I, I feel like you approached it the right way. You know, you didn't compromise anything. You know what I mean? You aren't doing your videos in a certain style to, like, try and placate. And, I mean, Rada, you do the same thing. You know what I mean? You guys, you can definitely genuinely tell in you guys's videos and even just in like tweets and things that you guys don't restrict anything about yourself or like censor anything and that's what people genuinely want you know they just genuinely want you to be yourself not be like a corporate robot pushing out content or anything they people don't want that well the thing is it, it's hard to compete on that level with people that are already established uh, because they have you know oh, they yeah. have a team oh, yeah. they have a team they have a uh, mm-hmm. you know they have an editor if i didn't have to edit my own videos and all like oh, if i could just focus on the on the on the writing and the and the and the voiceovers and then i'm like here here's some notes <laughs> this is what <laughs> I, I would like on this. yeah like i you know I, I could compete on that level maybe if i if i had that but like um I can't pump out 14 weapon tutorial guides, um, especially, no. especially not uh, up to the standards that, that I have for my tutorial guides. Uh, right. Yeah. Be- because, like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw my longsword tutorial, but uh, it's the greatest longsword tutorial ever made, and I'll stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even joking. Like, anybody that sees it, you're, you're, you're st- oh, this Redditosky is being so arrogant. No, go look at it, <laughs> and I promise you, you're going you're gonna to be like, you know what, I take it back. He's right, it's the best ever. Um, See, and that's the thing, is that I probably would have saw the tutorial if I, I mean, like, as far as longsword goes, once it gets past, like, for you, I mean, I'm not, not super interested. interested. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, that's probably why. But, um, yeah, as far as you were talking about the whole editor thing, I was watching, uh, well, not really watching, but listening to the Third Fleet uh, podcast that just came out the other day with Hey J, And I had a conversation with him prior to that, and he was talking about how he has an editor and stuff. And I was just like, God damn. I had no idea he had it like that. I mean, holy shit. But... <laughs> Just thinking about that, like, if we had editors, like, even you two, Wyvary, and I know that you haven't talked about, like, you know, if I had an editor and this and that, but, like, you know, if you just got to spend 100% of the time making your content, like, your goofy self and didn't have to worry about, like, the logistics of any of it, yeah, like, it would just be, it would be awesome. Well, because there's, there's nothing more, like, 
disappointing and like making you not want to try when you work really hard on a video like you pour like yes you just spent like 50 hours editing it oh. and, and, and like to total 50 hours working on the thing and i think it's like 400 views and i'm just like man <laughs> uh -huh. i get that at least give me 100 views per hour jesus <laughs> something something <laughs> And see, that's the thing is that the one thing that I would probably like recommend to anybody if they want to get into like content creation or anything like that, do not look at the YouTube analytics, this and that. Like, you, I don't know if you guys know which section I'm talking about, but like as soon as you go into the studio and whatnot, like the latest video that you uploaded, it says like ranked one. Oh, out yeah, the of ranking. Your last yeah. 10 yeah. and this and that. Do not look at that stuff because. <laughs> It, it really does. Like, it will fuck with your head, you know what I mean? And make you think that this video that you just put out is trash or this or that because it's not keeping up with the other ones. So it, it really will. It'll hinder, hinder your creativity and your want to do anything outside of the box. And well, that's not good. Well, you know, yeah. I, I'm i not sure I agree because I, um, I don't keep up with it too much. But it's not the worst thing in the world if your like audience isn't watching it, and then you see the analytics is like, well, I guess that's not the direction uh, they want me to go. Uh, it's it's like a corrective mm -hmm. thing. You, it can be it can be useful. It just you just gotta make sure it doesn't fuck with your head. You gotta make sure that it doesn't depress you so bad that you're like, man, fuck content this week. I'm gonna go eat a bowl of ice cream and <laughs> stare at right. Go yeah. watch Loki or something. I mean, see here here's the thing. So when it first when it comes to uh like an editor i don't know if i even want an editor to be honest because mm -hmm. i have a weird thing where i just a one-man army kind of thing yeah and i have this thing where i just don't like people helping me especially if i don't ask for it uh i don't know where it came from but <laughs> i just like to do everything by myself and have full control so because you like, know you're gonna do it right yeah yeah exactly but I mean, it, it would be helpful, but I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like I'd see something in a video and I wouldn't like it because I didn't edit it, you know? I kinda, yeah, yeah. I kind of feel the same way. And I think, like, in most of the videos that I would really want an editor, yeah, they they wouldn't be able to they wouldn't be able to do what what I need them to because, like, if I'm doing a guide, let's say, if I'm doing a, a charge rate guide, I've, I've started on charge rate, started on insect live guides. And I'm going to upload them once uh, Ultimate starts getting closer. Once it's announced, I'll start uploading those things because I don't want to upload them now where there's not as much hype and then it get no views. But, uh, yeah. okay, so so let's say I needed that. The They're good guides, and they talk a lot about some of the more interesting aspects of it. And I can't just ha hire a random non-Monster Hunter person because they can't they won't know what the fuck I'm talking about. They don't know what, what to clip in there. Um, right. And e even if they do... Most people aren't going to be able to do, like, actually perform the action in the game uh, to my liking as a demonstration. Like, they're not going to be able right. to uh, do an EI uh, counter five times in a row, you know. They're not going to be mm -hmm. able to uh, do some of the harder techs. Like, some, some of those techs, like the charge blade draw guard point thing, that took me a long time to master. That took me several hours, and you can't expect yeah. an editor to like, to, like, do that. So... I'm not sure how, what the solution to all that is. Yeah, and see, that's what Hey Jay was talking about. Uh, someone in like his community or something like that. They were like, 
I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, he was talking about like kind of how he had mods and stuff in his community and he would like play with them or like hunt with them or whatever during like the end of a stream or something. And like they would kind of troll him and whatnot. And then he actually asked one of those people that he would play with to be his editor. So like he had somebody that was like already engrossed Mm. in Monster Hunter and everything like that. So that, you know what I mean? Like having that but even if i had like an editor or something like that i would still do all the gameplay footage all that stuff right i would still come up with everything you know what i mean i just kind of put notes like on this part write this or you know what i mean just give them the notes and stuff like that but as far as like the video still being my creative egg or whatever you would call it it would still be that Mm. it's more so just it's probably honestly just like a lack of confidence in my editing skills. Even though I feel like I'm somewhat decent, it's all kind of self-taught. So Same. maybe that's just like a, you know what I mean, like a gap in my confidence. Yeah, you know, uh, let me ask you, Wyvarian, and and you, Handy, I guess. The, the I'm sure we're all kind of self-taught at this video editing and, 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 and all this stuff. Uh, you know, thumbnail mm-hmm. making and, and using Photoshop or whatever, whatever software you use. And I'm like, I'm... I kind of resent learning now, like, because I, I like, I like learning new things, but like anytime I'm like, all right, I want to do this specific thing for my thumbnail, let's say, and I don't yet know how to do that. So I'm going to have to spend like an hour or two going on the internet and figuring out how to jury rig my way to, to have my thumbnail do this make or that, happen. or, or make my video do this effect or that effect. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh man, I hate that shit. So, so like <laughs> I've gotten lazy and, and relied on what I know already. Like, did you guys uh, have similar experiences? Did you like, start from, from nothing when you uh, started making videos? You can go ahead and go if you want, uh, Yvarian. Um, I definitely started from <laughs> zero. Uh-huh. Like, I um, actually learned how to edit on Share Factory on PS4. Oh, wow. That's how I okay. learned how to edit. And my first, um, my first few videos were made on Share Factory, like, even, like, the dual blade guy that got like what 40k 50k views eventually that was done on share factory with a amazon basics mic (laughs) nice it's like and then once i got my pc rig um i started using davinci and yeah everything's self-taught oh for thumbnails though i actually don't use photoshop i use my phone my phone and like two different apps to just do text and backgrounds and stuff so See, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I, I feel like all of us uh, channels, these smaller channels, we're just jury rigging our way <laughs> to, to, through. <laughs> I don't use Photoshop oh, either. Yeah. I use I use an art program called Krita, where you just yeah. uh, it's a drawing thing, and that's that's what I've been using for it because it's easier. Like I hate GIMP. I, I hate GIMP. It's so complicated. <laughs> it's so needlessly complicated with everything that it does. It's like, all right, uh, so how do I do this? Oh, well, you put code, code it over here. Like, fuck you, Gimp. I ain't coding <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I know that as far as like thumbnails and stuff, I go uh, Adobe Spark. And it honestly, like it's very simplistic. But I mean, the amount of stuff that you have available is really good. So it's one of those things that it gives you a bunch of shit. And if you're creative, you can come up with something. Mm. really good so i mean and i'm about 99 percent sure that it's completely free so yeah by all means you should check that out too if you ever want to branch out okay 
uh, it, it's uh, paid. You pay for that. Adobe Spark? Yeah. No, 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 no. No. Oh, oh. yeah, it's free. Oh wow, yeah. that's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Okay, uh, we should probably move into Monster Hunter stories because we've been at this for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, I do want to warn the audience though. Uh, all three of us have beaten the game, so this is going to be a full spoiler. We're we're going to be talking about the story, and we're going to be talking about the monsties and the monsters and and everything. So don't come crying later if you didn't heed my warning. This is a full spoiler <laughs> podcast episode. Uh, you very much are still going to get comments about it being no, spoiled or this or that. I've I made enough videos yeah. on spoilers. I don't want to do another one. <laughs> <Not just laughs> oh, I know. Believe me, I just know that those comments are still coming, even though you definitely warned everybody. Okay, so what do you guys think of Monster Hunter Stories? Fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. Everything about it. I love the story. I lo- honestly like. I felt more engaged in a Monster Hunter story than I like. Not stories the game, but stories in like any Monster Hunter game. I was more engaged in this one than I probably have been in any other title. It's significantly better than Pokemon. Like it's significantly yes. better than any Pokemon in in a lot of ways. Like in a not okay. Yes. Let, let, let's let's fraction this off. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna keep repeating that. That's gonna be a refrain throughout this thing. I'm just like. I compare it to Pokemon, I'm just like, man, Pokemon doesn't have shit to offer anymore. I don't know how <laughs> right. that franchise continues to run. Uh, I have no idea how it gets the sales that it does. But but stories, uh, oh, it racked up on the sales. Like, it, it's gotten some yes. really good numbers. Like, it's an established franchise. Now, they're going to make a third one for sure. They're going to make yep. a fourth one for sure. Like, it's a yep. thing now. Um, but let's let's start with the, the story. All right, so... What what did you th- what did you think about it, Wyvarian? I think it's um. Hold on one second. Okay. Well, while right, he's I'm doing sorry. that, we can. Oh, okay. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> All right. Um. So the story, right? Yes, the story. Um, so the story is nothing to write home about. <laughs> mm. But what's cool about it is the presentation and the mm. fact that it's easy to top off any top off. I just said top off. It's easy to <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to like one up any mainline image story at this point. Okay. Oh, yeah. So anything that has a central focus that is consistent is going to already beat mainline Moss Hunter, so... True. Yeah, so, I, I thought it was enjoyable. It was fine. So I, I found it fairly interesting that they went the direction that they went uh, with. So, so you know, you've got you've got the basic plots, like, oh, Rage Raid monsters, we, uh, these holes in the ground, lights coming out of them, we don't know what's what's going on. Now uh, the Rathlos are disappearing. And so, like, you go around, and then... It's, it's you find out it's this worm creature, giant worm creature that comes out of the ground, and so you're like, okay, we got to deal with this giant worm creature thing, uh, and then it has you know the the prophecy with Razor Ring Watha, and it makes a point that like people are misinterpreting the prophecy, okay, but then the main bad guy, what was his name, the Wyvarian, who who was it? Uh, Zillard. Yeah. Okay, this is the first time, I think, in any Monster Hunter, I'm, I'm assuming, because I didn't play some of the old ones, where a person was a, a bad guy. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. Like, even in Monster Hunter yeah. Stories 2, it was also just another monster, right? Like, there was 
there was the guy, the professor, um, that was doing stuff. Yeah. But the actual, like, he wasn't the cause of the Black Blight, right? He, there was another monster that was doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So this guy, uh, he's crazy. <laughs> he's just fucking oh, yeah. crazy in Monster Hunter Total Switch 2. He's got the whole Yandere face thing going on at the end. And his whole uh-huh. his whole motivation seems to be like, okay, so he he's he's friends with Red. Everybody loves Red. Everybody in the fucking planet apparently likes your granddad. It's like greatest motherfucker <laughs> yeah. on the world. He's got this whole uh, um, like touching friendship with with uh, aloof, edgy ass Alwyn, uh, a Wyvarian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Goes around touching everybody's face, and it's it's fine. And then and then. Uh, he gets killed by, I guess, Nargigante and Ultura in the, in, and he falls in the hole, and then he dies, and then the the, what was the Hibarian's name? I forget. Um, the bad guy. Oh, Zillard. Okay. Z- Zellard. Zellard. Okay. So yeah. So Zellard. Um, he sees this shit, and he and he starts crying, and then his whole motivation for everything he's doing, is like, oh. I, I see. I, I believed in in humans, but the humans are not all that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Even even Red, with all his awesomeness, can't handle the power of nature. And and he, his whole thing seems to be a world where uh, Red could die so easily should not be. And so I'm gonna like I'm gonna use this monster to destroy everything. I just I just am sick of the world. It's this world hatred kind of <laughs> kind of kind of thing. And he's manipulating everyone around him. Uh, it's like yeah we're, we're we're going full religious cult on on this thing. I hate I hate uh-huh. existence. I hate uh, an existence where where stuff like that can happen. And I'm like, well, that's that's almost kind of deep. <laughs> like that's that's almost right. A, yeah, for, it is for a monster. Yeah, for a monster hunter yeah, game, game. Like that. That I did not expect you guys to go in this direction at all. And because no. uh, there was only one Pokemon game that I thought almost black did and white. Like- no, yep. well yeah but 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 that was in the the theme about the monsters and the in the writers but but more it was uh diamond and pearl i think where oh the, yeah okay the main bad guy's motivation was like the world is bad <laughs> and we got to destroy it because it's bad i hate i hate myself is it's like what we was talking about at the end i hate that i feel negative emotions i hate a world where i feel the way i feel it should not exist kind of thing and that was the only one that kind of mm-hmm. did that, but it was—it lasted for like five seconds right before the, the game yeah. ended. So it doesn't count. <laughs> this one made more of a focus <laughs> on it. Um, so yeah, the story is significantly better, I think, than any uh, normal Monster Hunter game, with maybe right. the exception of Four Ultimate, because people really like Four Ultimate and they like how things are paced in Four Ultimate and the atmosphere of Four yeah. Ultimate. Um, but yeah, I, I was kind of surprised at the story and the last boss. Holy shit, that was yeah. That was hard. <laughs> that was hard for me because I, I don't think I was properly leveled. Did you guys struggle with the last boss with Kyle's ass charging when he shouldn't be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was where I, I would say my struggles that I had with the end boss was a lot of like the AI component and stuff because I myself like I definitely did every little side thing that I could, so mm. I definitely think that I was over leveled for the encounter, but. Uh, yeah, that still didn't stop Kyle from 
fucking me over quite a few times. Fucking Kyle, man. <laughs> I kind of like Kyle. I, I, like- I was going to say that. Listen, I, I hated the motherfucker in the beginning, but as far as like when everything came full circle, especially that end boss yeah. fight outside of his actual like AI, AI. gameplay. But um, yeah, as far as like when it came full circle and like grabbing the amulet and you know, flying off of Ratha and firing, jumping off. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, he he had a he had a good good redemption arc, arc in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I liked his whole. He was seriously just like racist against the writers. He's like these fuck. Like he like I've never <laughs> seen uh, a person this this like since like maybe Final Fantasy X with Waka hating the op-ed. But this this guy was just <laughs> yeah. he, he was very intolerant of the writers' culture. He's like these people are crazy. They're idol worshippers. They're over here. Uh, with their uh-huh. with their stupid uh, guardian wrath that that killed my I thought his dad was dead the whole time, but apparently he's just wounded. Um, yeah, me too. I thought he was just straight up dead. Uh, and I liked his cat. I like Tsukino. Um, I like her whole. Like there was this one. There was this one scene where uh, uh, she, he, she was like, "Aren't we going after them?" And he's like, "No, uh, we've seen everything we need to see. Let's go. We we got to go call for for backup." And then she's like, "Okay." I'm I'm disappointed, and she's like, "What do you mean by that?" And then she just does like, "No, never mind." And I'm like, "This bitch, <laughs> this kid, how dare you?" Because that's the kind of thing that that uh, women will do sometimes. It's a very realistic uh, thing that's happened to a lot of people. Very, re- it's like it triggered something. I'm just like, "Ah, oh, how dare you?" <laughs> See, Rat is trying to get canceled already. See, yeah, that's it's my whole goal. Well, you know, the, no, but it, uh, you, good. The whole alienating thing uh, that I've got going on my channel, it's kind of a joke uh-huh. be- because, you know, I just, my first popular video that I did was me t- talking smack on Monster Hunter World's story. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get canceled for this. Like, this that's the end of my channel. I'm sure I'm going to lose a shit ton of subscribers for that. But it went well. And I kept doing it kind of as a meme, but also because I mean it. Because uh, Eventually, I'm going to mess up. I'm, I'm dancing. I'm treading a dangerous line. Like all of my videos are, are fairly controversial. I'm attacking sacred cows. Eventually, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it poorly, or I'm going to uh, piss off the wrong people. And I, and I'm not going to stop. I like it. <laughs> I like the I like the content. Right, right, right. I, have, I have a fairly thick skin. If you uh, if you're because go- you know, a lot of our thing that we do as content creators is just pump out our opinions into the internet. So you're just yeah. you're gonna get backlash. You're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of nasty oh, yeah. comments. It, it's just inevitable. That's how the internet works. And here we are, like presumptuously uh, saying the things we think. And and it's some defense that I mean them. And it's some defense. And people can recognize that. And I think that's why I've had a fairly positive reaction so far. But but like nobody bats a hundred. Eventually, I'm gonna fuck up and, and actually alienate a huge part of my audience. So it's it is a <laughs> so I do mean it. I will do it eventually. <laughs> Right, but see, that's the thing, though, is that I know that there seems to be people that are, and I definitely don't think that anybody on this call right now is part of this, but I mean, there there seems like there's a lot of people that are kind of afraid to voice their opinion sometimes because of that very thing, because, I mean, not strictly, I, I don't want to say like they're going to get canceled or this or that, but they're afraid that they're going to get backlash, and I know that we had talked about it before, Retta, if you do it in an articulate way if you do it in like an entertaining way fun whatever way you know Mm -hmm. what i mean to where people enjoy it yeah you're probably going to get backlash here and there 
but it's not gonna like ruin you right or anything like you will have people come in and say like all right you know i definitely disagree with you but i see where you're coming from and i didn't look at it that way or something you know like even if they disagree they're not going to be a dick about it you're not going to be you know you're not going to get canceled you know none of that's going to happen if you're articulate if you do it in a shitty way then yeah i mean you open yourself up to that but uh, I do see that, and you can just kind of feel it that some people hold back because they're afraid of that. You know, they definitely do. And you shouldn't be. And, th- and that's a niche that we can occupy sometimes as smaller channels. But, like, I don't blame them for for holding back because, like, they have more to oh, lose no, than no, us. No. They have a lot more to lose. Like, they've managed to oh, yeah. make a career uh, out of this. And, like, if I had 100,000 uh, subscribers and my, my videos got, like, a minimum of 20,000 views every time, and, like, I had a successful Twitch thing. Like, I'm not sure I would be all... Like, I don't know yet. Maybe. But, but like, I'm well, not sure I would be... Yeah, go ahead. Well, if you... Um, some of my inspirations on YouTube... Uh, I watch a lot of uh, Some Ordinary Gamers, right? And mm-hmm. if you're very raunchy... Not, like, raunchy as in being offensive. But right. if, if you are yourself from the very beginning... I guarantee you that's only going to bolster you in the mm. end. Yeah. Because right. everyone already knows what to expect from you. Yes. Exactly. So if people want a really good reaction out of anything, either whether it's bad or good, they're going to come look for you. So, yeah. Yeah. I will admit, why... everybody can do their content how they want, but when I see yeah. like like reviewers, content creator reviewers, and they say something like, Ah, uh, you know this latest installment of the franchise doesn't live up to the legacy, bro. Just say it sucks. Just, just say it. Say the <laughs> right. words. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, they don't. They don't want to say those trigger words because they are afraid of the backlash. And they should you know be. I mean, and- yeah, like because there's, there's not just the backlash of the people. Like the companies might might like. Well, this, every time we give this guy oh, yeah. an early review copy, uh, you know, he he shits in our games, so we're just not going to give him early review copies. There's like consequent. There's real consequences if and. If that's how we're, uh, you're going to brand yourself, uh, if, if honesty is going to be your your main um, thing, and yeah. then you you got to be smart about it, <laughs> and and sometimes that means like I, I'm very I'm very pro being polite. I'm a polite person, uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't be an asshole. You can be an asshole and be polite at the same time. It's very possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean that's honestly, if you look up. Uh... Like, one of my favorite reviewers that I watch for things, because I know that I'm going to get 100% honest, unbiased opinion, at least, you know, from my my opinion is that he's unbiased. Skill up. Oh, yeah. I watch his reviews all the time. Yeah. Because he doesn't care if he's going to, like, burn a bridge with a company or anything like that. Mm. He tells it how the fuck it is all the time. And that's the thing is if... You know, it's a double-edged sword, I guess, but, like, at the same time, if you were to burn those bridges with the companies, you're going to have people that follow you exactly for that. Mm. They're going to follow you because they know they're going to get the honest opinion. Yeah, you might not get the game, like, a week or so early, but when you make your review, people are going to wait. They aren't even going (laughs) to care about these early reviews coming out because they know that people are just placating for the company so that they still get those early review copies and stuff. Yep. But they know that your re- review is going to be honest. So they'll wait. And that's exactly how it is with him. Even though 
he still does get review copies. Like, he's always 100% honest and upfront. So I wait for his reviews regardless of who gets what. Mm. Well, yeah, I guess it's about being consistent then. As long as you're honest and consistent and people know what to expect from right. you, I, I think I think you'll do fine. Yeah, because, I mean, that's even what uh, Wyvarian was saying. You know, like, if you just start out being yourself from the get-go and don't try to, like, rebrand or this or that. Like, if I was, you know, if I start out as a content creator and I'm, like, making these jokes and these memes and this and that, and then I try to, like, rebrand into a straightforward, you know, no jokes, this or that then you are going to alienate your community yeah. or the, you know what I mean? Like the vice versa. Or if even I'm worse, just, if you're, if you, if you start, if you gain your popularity through, through that kind of thing, and then you get big and then somebody else is doing that. It's like, man, look at this guy doing that shit. It's like, man, that's, <laughs> uh-huh. that's some hypocrisy. That's some high level hypocrisy right there. Right, right, right. right. And I mean, it, it, it is exactly what Wyvarian was saying. It's about consistency. If you start one way in the beginning and continue, you know, your base is going to respect that. Okay, so you know, I know that we we once again have gotten off the topic of monster. <laughs> <laughs> so let me try and get us back on that topic. Uh, I like the gameplay a lot on Monster Hunter Stories too. It's surprisingly deep, like really, oh, yeah. really, like even the story wasn't that hard, uh, really. But like, no, I, I kind of under leveled purposefully several times throughout the thing and just tried to see how far I could go without changing anything about my party or my stuff. And th- it, okay. it gets really hard after a bit. Like you can't, oh, yeah, you can't yeah. do that. You can't do that. And if you do do that, you have to be super smart. Like that, that, <laughs> that low rank kids was bullshit. Now I understand that other guy from Monster to Rise that couldn't kill the <laughs> low rank kids. He was difficult as heck because he had. Okay, if you don't break the head quickly enough, he's like he'll scream twice in a row that could that that might uh, paralyze paralyze you, and then he'll do his big shock wave attack. And like you gotta uh-huh. be ready for that. You had the the whole fight, and then a lot of these fights are like that. There's got they've got cycles. It kind of reminds me of Etrian Odyssey, like I was um, uh, telling you guys last last podcast, because they have these bosses, yeah. and they'll do rotations in in their moveset, and you have to like bind an arm to stop them from doing a certain attack, or try and paralyze them when you think a big thing is coming, or or do something to mitigate damage. It's very in depth, even in the story mode, but. Um, what, what what do you think about the combat? Um, absolutely fantastic. I mean, I I enjoyed it in stories one. You know what I mean, but not obviously not nearly as much as stories two. Them adding in like the damage types, I had no idea how much that was going to be a game changer. But it definitely was when you add it in to that whole rock paper scissors component of it, and it just opens up the floodgates for so many different ways that you can play like i mean i think we all know high rank hits way fucking different hell yeah so i mean (laughs) yeah so like it it does it gets it gets difficult but like i know that the other day i was like kind of messing around with like a build to where i literally just use gun lances and like i would just use like three different elemental type gun lances and whatnot and it was so much fun like, just mm. having the opportunity to just mess around with different builds like that and all the different skills that they've put in, like, it opens up the door for so much fun and longevity to, like, even just come back later on. You know, after we've gotten through this 
whole honeymoon phase and everything like it seems like i know i'm going to be able to come back and mess with enough stuff that i'll still be able to have fun when i come back later on yeah. gun lance is my favorite weapon for sure it's oh, it's so same. cool. Oh really? You know, same. I have two hundred hours and I only have one gun lance. What? What? No, <laughs> you have you have to like it, it's so much. It's good. Okay, let's talk about PvP because um. <laughs> oh no. All right, so, so I haven't gotten to the end game PvP. I've heard that it's got a lot of cheaters, even on Switch, which is kind of surprising. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, even on Switch. How? I don't know. There's glitches that they take advantage of, I'm assuming. Um, okay, hold on. Is it... Listen, if somebody's listening to this podcast and you <laughs> play on Switch, is it fucking worth it to go through and try and cheat on the Switch? <laughs> if you want to cheat, get a PC. Yeah. That's what it's for. It's a lot easier. Go, go cheat on the PC. Leave me out of it. Right. Get my Switch playing ass. So I haven't gotten to the to the end game, end game uh, part of it. But... um. I played several times throughout the story, and you know it, it normalizes your monsters at fifty at level fifty, so it's not that bad when you're fighting somebody else. Right. So I played early on, I played halfway through, I played late game, and then I played some close to the end of the story. So several several different times, and I played multiple matches, and it's fun as fuck every time. It's fun. really uh, part of it is because like it's still new and nobody really understands what they're doing, but gotcha. But a, a kind of like kind of balance started starting to hit a certain point like after you do it a while okay so they've got they've got their starting monster all right i've got my gun lance i love using gun lance because you can use shelling and try and predict what they're going to do and like beat them with the gun lance and mm -hmm. and uh get your get your kinship gauge up and so this uh this guy has a nargakuga and you're like i know how nargakuga works and, and so he starts out and he does a move and i i'm pretty sure it wasn't the Nargakuga that did the move. He manually had to make it do that. So yeah. I know it doesn't have any kinship. So he can't do that move again. And he likes Nargakuga because he's been using it every turn. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm going to go for the for the shelling. I'm going to go for the warm, wyvern steak. Try try and get my kinship up. Because I know he can't do anything with this Nargakuga anymore. He's he's out of moves. I know he doesn't want right. to switch it. And, and its natural affinity is to do speed attacks. So I'm going to go for a, a technical attack with the gun lance. And I do, it works, I get my kinship gauge up, and I'm like, oh, that feels amazing. Predicting that motherfucker was the greatest moment I've had. And a lot of it is like that, because you you can, once you get some game knowledge, I know how much that Venom Blaster cost uh, cost uh, to, to use. Uh, right. So I know how much kinship gauge you It becomes a really deep mind game with these people. It's super cool. Uh, towards the end, it gets more about stats. Um, you really need to have a, a good monsty. But still, it's fun. I like it. It's it's so fun, and it was something I loved about the first game. But, at least on PC, I don't know what's up with Capcom, and their... Any PvP game they have outside of FGC stuff just has no real anti-cheat. <laughs> so it's like... Oh my. Even back in, like, Mega Man Star Force days, like, there was a bunch of cheaters using action replays and stuff, and it's like... It's almost as if prevalent right now. Capcom doesn't expect longevity with these, uh, with something like Stories Two PvP. So it's just like fuck it, whatever. Like, how, huh. how, uh, how bad is it on PC? I mean, like, I, honestly, I haven't. I've probably only seen one cheater, but I don't do PvP as much as I want to. But I oh, keep I hearing stuff about like 
max or or infinite kinship and yep. one hit mm. KOs and mm. yep. it's like dude that sucks <laughs> and that's sad because this game does have extremely ridiculous potential for mods like the things that people would be able to like mod in and do this and that there's so much potential in this game especially with like uh, it looks gorgeous but i mean with this art style it definitely wouldn't be as hard to like implement something into this as it would be in like iceborne or something like that and we got fucking crimson fatalis in iceborne so i can only imagine right the things that people would be able to do with stories too but like then you have the dark side of that you know (laughs) to where people can use max kinship and stuff but i know myself I'm not so much a PvP kind of person. I am like an MMO guy, and that's kind of how I got into gaming and everything. So I'm definitely more of the PvE co-op side of things. But um, yeah, I tried. <laughs> I tried maybe like one or two PvP matches, and I do have to admit they're pretty fun, especially like the unpredictability in comparison to the like PvE monsters and whatnot. Yeah. I kind of have mixed feelings about the anti-cheat. Like, I, I I would like not to counter hackers in PvP games, but it was also a problem. The anti-cheat was also a problem, I think, in Dark Souls 3 uh, PC uh, because people would really hack hard on there, and sometimes they'd, like, yeah. put hacked items on the ground, and then you pick them up, and then when the anti-cheat came in, and, like, you'd get banned, and they'd get banned. Oh, oh shit. So, so you, oh, I see you have a hacked item in your inventory. Nah. <laughs> and so, like, they, uh, they, these, these guys don't care. I don't know what they're doing. Like, they probably hacked their way out of the anti-cheat. And, and then they're just over here uh, doing all kinds of things to, like, I've, I've seen them, like, hack you into New Game Plus Plus. Like, you, you, what they, the they come, they come into your world. And then they and then they send you to New Game Plus Plus. So you started wherever it is that you were. You you start right at the beginning of New Game Plus Plus. It was just crazy. It's insane the the things they would do. Uh, to the, like they'd uh, Damn. They, sometimes it was pretty good. There were some beneficial ones because they would hack moves onto themselves that they that they did. So like they they'd act like a boss and they'd they'd come in and they'd slow walk towards you and they'd have moves. Like fire uh, things splurting out of things, they throw a little fireball and then it would explode and then shoot lightning and then do it like combine several oh, wow. different magics together. Um, and then uh, like sometimes they'd even have like a little health bar at the bottom. It was kind of it was kind of neat. What? Yeah, uh, one guy had like a, a storm effect around him as he was walking around, Bruh, and so it's just Jesus. so it's, it's neat. And they they wouldn't make themselves unkillable, but they. Uh, there's more bad than good, I think, in the Dark Souls PvP hacking scene. Okay. I was going to say, man, I've never heard anything like <laughs> that, but that's that's absolutely incredible. And I just wish I had, like, a fourth of that talent to yeah. be able to, like, mod and do something like that. That would be insane. Yeah, I'd, I'd be doing that's it That's something that, like, I know that we started from you know like zero with the content creation and the editing and stuff like that mm-hmm. that like modding and stuff i would have no fucking clue where to even start i got a rpg maker mv a while ago and i i made little things for fun with with a group of people like we would we would do it and then we start working together and we got fairly far in making an okay 
uh, turn-based strategy uh, thing variant. But mm-hmm. because none of us had experience with coding, we'd all be using plugins and we'd all be using um, jury rigging everything, like jury rigging the whole everything that we could just to avoid learning how to code. And so at some point, I just realized I can't I can't work on this fucking thing anymore because I'm limited so much by my inability to code. Uh, if I, if, right. if I, it's, it's like, no, I can't use any more fucking plugins. I'm sick of it. I, I need to make plugins. I don't need to be using plugins. I don't want to be using all this stuff. I can't, mm-hmm. I can do this no longer. So I just decided if I ever wanted to go do that again, I just need to learn to code. It has to be done. Like I just, <laughs> I would have to. So I stopped. <laughs> it's hard. So like if there was, like if there was a mod in you guys' mind, something that could come into stories two as a mod or whatever, what, what would you guys want? What would be at like the top of your list? Hmm. Damn, that's. Well, <laughs> shit got deep. <laughs> Maybe if someone could mod in like some of the NPCs from Monster Hunter Riders, that'd be pretty sweet. Okay. The design on Monster Hunter Riders, people are pretty cool. Like they're it's pretty great. good. Too bad the game sucks. Yeah. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, uh, I, would I would do something like like that. Um, there was this mod for Morrowind a while ago where it was a whole other story somebody made and they put their own little writing. It, it was almost like a DLC pack. And a lot of people are, are creative that way. And, and uh, mm. I liked that. It's like it, they made their own levels. They made their own puzzles using, using the assets already in the game. And I was like, well, this is just neat. This is almost as good as a normal Morrowind gameplay. It's like a, this, this is just more and more like an expansion. Yes. Yes, it was great. I liked that. I would do something like that. And see, I am a simple man. Just let me fucking ride Tetsukabra. No. <laughs> no one gets Tetsukabra. Nobody and... gets to be happy. You know, it's funny because Hojo already has a Monsty, basically, in Monster Hunter Rise. Right. He literally is riding the... He has a Monsty already. That's a, there's a Monsty right there. That's what it is. Exactly. <laughs> Why won't you just let us do it? Oh, I, and like, do we have any idea as to why? No, they specifically, I, like, are like picking Egg Nectar. That's one of my favorite things, is seeing people try to justify <laughs> not being able to ride oh, this monster. It's like, uh, well, Egnactor makes sense because of his molten armor and this and that, and that causes saddle. Dude, Tailshire is like, on fire. The fuck? I was gonna say, motherfucker, <laughs> we're riding a giant fire line, like in a. Dude, this dragon thing with fucking spikes all over it. What? Where's the justification on that? Yeah, but like it is. It is so funny seeing people try to justify. Like if we're already riding content. elder dragons, like the whole point of elder dragons is that they can't be captured. Like they literally can't be captured. Right. It's like they're a force right. of nature. It's like I'm already riding a, a volcano. Just shut up. <laughs> Give me yeah, my Tetsuka. Right. Also, we we technically could ride Kulv. It, we would just have to. It would be a smaller Kulv with her. Mm. Uh, her armor off, pretty much. Right, right, and I mean that's the th- exactly how you're talking about Valkana. Why your nutsack isn't frozen to Valkana <laughs> every time you get off? I mean that's not that doesn't make sense, but we still do it. <laughs> Did you guys see the size no. difference between the normal Devil Joe on stories and your monsty Devil Joe? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yes. It's ridiculous. It's so small. Yeah, I posted that picture it, the other day. He's like, tiny. I was going to mm-hmm. say. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I saw it was from my very. Yeah, me too. He's so small. He is. Do you guys like have any? I, 
try to avoid saying the word monsty <laughs> anytime <laughs> that I can. But do you guys have any monsters that like you've preferred using or has kind of like been your favorite to use or I noticed early game has a very low amount of speed monsters anywhere. And yeah, so my ass was tech. stuck with Ranmar for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> a really long time I was stuck with Ranmar. As, and like sometimes there'd be little jumping things and I think I'm sure to get a new jumping monster soon and I'd put Ranmar back in the village and then no, no, I couldn't find any goddamn jumping monsters early in the game. It's like, well, time to go back to the fucking village and get Ranmar out because I want to jump and get that treasure chest. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, I don't think the next monster that I got that had speed after Ranmar was, I think it was Zenogre. Mine was T-Rex. I think it was the Royal Zenogre or something. Who was it? T-Rex. Tigrex. He has jump? No, he has no jump. He, he has speed. But he's speed, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. You were talking about as far as speed. Yeah, I was just talking about as far as like jump. Oh, and yeah, stuff as an like ogre. That. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And then okay, so I do have to say that they did a fantastic job of trolling us too. Speaking of royal monsters, I spent all this time getting fucking royal gameth. All this time tanking the one shot and doing this and that. Yep, and then. Gameth is complete and total ass. His growth rate is ridiculous. I, I, why? Why would they do that? <laughs> I have no idea. And, like, if they were trying to keep it to the point where, like, they didn't want you to be, like, overpowered or anything if you got her, then just don't... Don't put, put her in? Yeah. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I fight royal monsters, so I have an advantage for the next few levels of the of the game. Why are you doing this? Right. Movie? Yeah, there has to be the whole risk and reward, and when there's no reward... Then you just feel like shit after you get it done. I think that monster just sucks all around. <laughs> it was boring yeah. and it's boring to hunt and it's mm. boring to use. And that and that's the thing is it's like Gameth is a victim of the writing, I guess. You know how like some people you talk about with like actors, like if they do a shitty job, you're like, well, they're a victim of the writing. And I feel like they're kind of doing Gameth dirty in every single game <laughs> that she's in. <laughs> Like in Gen U, Gameth is a joke. I mean, a big ass target. Yeah, yeah, it's very easy to take Gameth down. And then even when you're talking about like Elder Frost, I mean, you can definitely get like one shot and absolutely wrecked. But as far as comparing it to the other monsters and stuff like that, it's just way too easy. Mm. And then now in Stories 2, you get her and it's just, it's terrible. Like. It's terrible how bad Gameth is. So and it just keeps getting that in every game. She could be like a is she tanky though? Because she could yeah, be yeah, like her defense and max HP is crazy. Oh, but, then it has potential to be like a, a status setup monster then. Right. Like right, a really annoying right. piece of shit. Definitely. Exactly. But that that's the thing that I don't know yet, especially because I'm still I'm still like mid fifties something like that as far as like my level and stuff like that and she's still not that great stat wise mm. yeah but um as far as like maybe like once we get up to like the 90s and this and that there may be maybe potential but as far as like it being worth the work you have to put into making that that i'm not sure well you i found out that monsters with really with slow growth speeds um when they get to the later levels their stats like 
Like, they jump up they jump really up good. Big time. Big yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. it might be worth it. Right. So that's a good point. Let's talk about the later. Let's talk about the end game. Uh, mm-hmm. This is an end game. All right. Like this is what an end <laughs> oh, yeah. game this looks is, like. Yeah. Like it. Oh, and yeah. even even when you get to the end game past the main story, like there's more stuff. There's uh, like there's an end game to the end game. Yeah. There's an end game to the end yeah. game. And um and I'm just like, man, this is so different. Like. I can grind forever. Like I can grind whatever monster I want. I can uh, I can perfect every monster that that I like. Uh, you you mm-hmm. can find special cool uses for things like what was it? Aptanoth. Aptanoth yeah. is cool as yep. shit. Aptanoth yep. is amazing because he he has a guaranteed knockdown with his kinship. That's actually how I killed uh, Royal Tigrex early. I, I beat him at like level fourteen or something. That's amazing. Because because he. When he's enraged, you can use the Aptanoth thing to get him out of enrage so he doesn't do his double attacks. And then you can just whittle him down like that. It was great. Great. And a lot of monsters have cool little things uh, like that. You can build up your favorite monster. You can can, just keep turning them into DNA jelly and and feeding them to (laughs) other monsters. (laughs) Uh, Like, it's got really good long-term grinding potential. Like, nothing before. Like, nothing that no... This is not Rise. <laughs> no, no, it, it it's definitely not. But I mean, I think as well as you know, just coming up with a, a great end game, they also added in things that were great. Being able to upgrade genes themselves—that mm-hmm. is such a small detail, but it takes your building and everything like that, as far as like putting together the perfect monster, and pushes it even further. Yeah. You know, because now you can, you have even more of a reason to grind out this specific monster so that in hopes it hatches and it gets that specific gene that you're wanting. And like the XL version of genes now, people are going to be grinding out for that. And they just did a very, very good job as far as like the end game. And I've been doing uh, some of the like Elder Lair stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they did a good job with that as well. And. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it's crazy to see the amount of growth from stories one to, one two, yeah. to stories two. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, like, it's a drastic improvement, and stories one was already a good game. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about Pokemon, now that you mentioned that, because uh, I, I need to complain more about oh, Pokemon. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, it's... Oh, boy. So, the, the, the thing with Pokemon, it's like the whole <laughs> game is a joke. You, 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 oh, we're going to the water gym now, let's get some anti-water monsters one shot every single one that the gym leader has yep. oh now we're yep. going to the fire gym let's get some water monsters one shot the whole thing <laughs> that the gym leader mm-hmm. has every time over and over till you get to the end of the game and the end of the game post game thing not much different the only complicated part of pokemon is the pvp uh which is right. fairly complex <laughs> all right but monster hunter stories too is even more complex pvp wise and it's it's it yeah. doesn't treat you like you like you're one uh, throughout the, no. throughout the story because like every encounter is different. Um, every every is especially if you're under level. If you're under leveled, you're going to have a you're going to have a rough time. So it's a, oh, yeah. and then even po- in the post game, you're incentivized to get those genes. You're incentivized to to get your monster strong because the post game stuff is pretty difficult like the post game stuff right yeah is fair, that's is another hard. thing it doesn't it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you only need to make good monsties for pvp right like it yeah like even if like 
PvP dies in the next year, it won't really yeah. matter. Yeah, because the right, because the, right. the actual thing is hard enough to warrant you making those hard the strong as heck monsters. I saw your fight with Nergigante Wyvarian that you posted. Oh yeah, uh, that was nuts. Yeah, that, that was nuts. And 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 so I'm like, for that it, it, that has nothing to do with PvP. PvP can be complex, but but like the actual monsters themselves, the actual game uh, solo is hard enough that you're like, you know what, I gotta, I gotta make a stronger monster. I need to turn more monsters into jellies. I need to go farm more. I need to find the right genes. It's perfect. It's great. Pokemon doesn't have anything like that. The story all the way throughout the whole thing is a joke, uh, difficulty-wise. Yeah. The 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 post-game is a joke. It's only until you fight other people that it gets complicated. And I don't want complexity fighting other people. It's not the, It don't hit the same. Other Battle people... Frontier was good, but it's like they stopped doing that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and see, that's the thing is that Pokemon has been kind of riding on a wave for so long on its own coattails. Yeah, absolutely, because it hasn't had any kind of like competition or anything like that. Like, I don't know if you guys ever fucked with like Digimon and stuff. I fucking loved Digimon. I thought it was awesome. I loved playing like the games when they were actually going on, and then. Cyber Sleuth and stuff that it that was a good turn-based game too, but then they just kind of dropped off. In like, what competition has it, it's exactly what we were going through and talking about with the Switch. Like, what reason do they have to upgrade or make a new Switch now they actually mm. do? Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but you know what? What reason did Pokemon have to put any kind of I, I just feel like it seems like there's a lack of passion in like these new games. They don't feel like they have to impress anybody. They are just at the point to where it's like, well, it has Pokemon in the title, so people are going to buy it. So why are we going to put that much effort into making it different, you know? But like now that Stories 2 has hit the block and we're getting something that, like you said earlier, they're going to make a 3. They're going to yeah. make a 4. Like with how successful two has been already it's basically solidifying that we're going to have this franchise for a while and it's the best thing that could have happened for monster hunter fans and it's the best thing that could have happened for pokemon fans because i guarantee you now it, it, it might take a little while but now that monster hunter stories is on the block and showing that they can put in new things and make things fresh pokemon's gonna have to step their shit up and that's beneficial to the fans. Yeah, competition and, is good. You know, I, I like the Steam Deck absolutely. If for no other reason. Like, even if I don't get one, I might not get one. But it, like for the Steam Deck, but it's good that it exists because maybe Nintendo will actually release a Switch Pro now. Like <laughs> because they can't keep doing they can't keep doing this shit with with how they're pl- you doing Nintendo when you've got the Steam Deck and you can probably put emulators on it. And you can play all yep. Nintendo titles on. Uh, I can play uh, Wind Waker. I could play uh, Wii Skyward Sword on it. It's like okay, at, at some mm-hmm. point you're just like you. You need to give me a reason to keep buying your shit. Nintendo, Nintendo just sleeps on so much stuff, man. It, it's like it's weird. Uh-huh. It's like oh, before I even get to that, Pokemon mm-hmm. Game Freak. I feel like Pokemon has just become too big for itself. Like. Yeah. It can't sustain the creativity for the mainline games because they have a tight-ass schedule. So right. it's like, it seems like they're trying to cut back on that with, like, Pokemon Legends and whatnot. But hopefully um, that 
goes in a good direction, but from what I've seen of Pokemon Legends, it looks rough. <laughs> it's pretty really? fucking rough. Like, because I, I I haven't checked too too much into it. I know that I've seen people in my community that are like excited for it, but I feel like that's just them being kind of hopeful. I mean, you know what I mean, and being big fans of the franchise, so they're hoping that it's awesome. It's like the the trailer they showed was kind of impressive but at the same time your character still has the same blank smile on their face uh it's oh. like i think the pokemon in the background were moving at like five frames per second it's in some ways it's not a bad idea because like okay th- this is a this is a funny story um women's l- romantic literature um and it oh boy! Has, <laughs> oh shit! Has a oh shit! On. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> it has a formula. Um, and publishing companies that that publish women's romantic literature, they hire writers to write their stories for them. Uh, well, they don't like hire them, but they 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 have people that work for them, and so they give them this this thing. Uh, I, I was I, I was looking at this uh, guide. That they that they have printed out that they've like done a shit ton of research on and they they look at what all the successful stories are for women's literature and they have this guide that they read and it's like all right this is the basic successful formula this is how you sell women's literature uh and it's basically just beauty and the beast stories over and over with different settings it's like look you can change basically the guide said something like you can change the setting you can put it in victorian thing uh, you can make your, the the male lead a billionaire or a werewolf or a doctor or whatever the heck you want him to be, uh, but the okay. basic formula is is this: you do you, you have to write it like this if you're going to write for our company, because we already know what sells. the The research has been done. There, we, we understand the psychology of women better than anybody, and so because we really want that money, and so this is what's going to sell. This is what's going to get you um, the big bucks. So you're going to follow this formula, and the only thing that you're going to do as a writer is input different scenarios into the formula. Um, okay. And I was reading this thing, and it's like, holy shit. It's like, I was, like, shocked. It's like, okay. So uh, Pokemon has a similar issue. Why That's would they literally innovate? Pokemon. Yeah, why would they innovate right. if what they're doing is making them bundles and bundles of cash? There's no reason. They right. have no reason. They've tapped into something psychological for people. They, they don't have to yep. change. Why would they change? People have to change if they, if they want a different experience. You just have to move away from Pokemon if you want a, a different experience. Because Pokemon can only provide you Pokemon so long as you keep shoving cash in their face. Right. And that's the thing is that people will come out of the woodwork, man. If you try to say, like, saying that Stories 2 is better than Pokemon, you will have people coming at you okay. trying to I, defend I talk about that Pokemon. Because yeah. I'm yeah. getting so yeah. fucking annoyed with that. Like, <laughs> go off. Listen, listen. Go off, man. Dude, By all means, I, do it. S- Shimigami Tensei is one of my favorite franchises under Moss Hunter and Dragon Quest, right? Yeah. So, uh-huh. I-, I played Dragon Quest and SMT games to death. But if I'm, like... Pokemon is the largest media franchise there is, and it's about monster collecting. Yes. So, if I'm right. going to compare stories to anything, it's going to be Pokemon the top dog. so it's like every time i say that well actually smt did he is that closer to, to stories no it's yeah. closer to uh-huh. this is actually closer to dragon yeah. quest 
Like, dude, shut up. You, you, you shut up. <laughs> nobody knows. I'm comparing this to Pokemon. No one knows what SMT is. Like, not yeah, nobody knows, knows about. No. Yeah, nobody knows what Shigeru Hyo Tensei. Nobody knows about Dragon Quest's monster collecting game. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, and they did have one. It was pretty good, but it's but, not uh, popular. Yeah, so, I'm trying right. to explain it in a review or something. I'm trying to explain it to somebody else. They need a reference that they're gonna get. They're gonna get Pokemon. They're not gonna get Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> yeah, it's so annoying. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it's... I, I, I don't know. It's kind of to the point where it's like... I don't know what argument you could say about Pokemon or in defense of Pokemon to say that it's better than Stories 2. I would Just love like for someone so to many different fundamental <laughs> Yeah, I would love for Me someone too. to, like, in the comments, if somebody thinks that Pokemon is, is better somehow or does something better than Stories... Uh, like, explain it to me. Explain it to me like I'm five. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I really I, don't understand. Right. <laughs> to be, uh, like, perfectly unbiased, because I still love Pokemon as a franchise. So it's not uh, like right, I right. hate it. It's just me saying that even if I keep buying these games, I know that I want them to be kind of better. Mm. And, like, fit right. me more as a gamer now. But yeah. it isn't. Because, I mean, it, at, at the beginning, especially, like, even, like, at the very beginning... I think that Pokemon games were, especially for their time, I think they were good. But it's just, I don't see enough difference even going all the way back to, like, not even, like, heart gold or anything. Just regular, like, gold. Not soul silver, just regular silver. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. just going back then, I don't see that drastic of a change all the way from there to, like, sword and shield. I don't see as much of a difference that I see literally from stories one to stories two and that's embarrassing you know like you've had all this time to innovate and i barely see a difference now than i did years and years <laughs> ago literally from the first installment to the second there's been more improvement from stories one to stories two than it feels like there's been in like the entirety of the pokemon franchise i have some yeah. sympathy for their lack of innovation in terms of gameplay because like i said before you know they've, they've hit the jackpot why would they change but like there's right. no excuse for their lack of story quality uh in their in their games that's what that's i was true. gonna say yeah yeah because the that's the mm -hmm. flavor like that's that's the that's what makes each one supposed to be different the stories seem to have gotten worse it's then less interesting over time like yeah <laughs> uh uh, probably the best one might have been maybe maybe silver and gold maybe uh a lot of people like the original red and 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 yellow a lot of people like yellow but like yeah there's there's nothing that's much better than that out today like like diamond pearl is yeah. is okay i think black and white was was interesting but like Definitely not <laughs> Sword and Shield. Like, you're not... No. <laughs> oh, God. God. None of the sun and moon, yeah. this and that. None of the none of the stories have been even semi-interesting to me. And I mean, like, to the point where I would start just, like, really, like, furiously just skipping through dialogue <laughs> and stuff. Because I feel like I could have said exactly what they were going to say before I even read anything. Because it is. It really is, like rehashed throughout the entire franchise. I mean, like, especially, like, you know, you have a core concept of, like, okay, you have your Pokemon, then, like, a Team Rocket-esque yeah. group wants to do something. You have to stop them. You have to go through the Elite, You got whatever, your rival. Some kind of Elite Four. Yeah, you got your rival that you end up facing at an 
unexpected time. Like, it's quote like, unquote, oh, I unexpected. Beat... <laughs> right, right, right. I beat the Elite Four. <gasps> oh, what are you doing yeah. here? You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it definitely rehashes too many things through too many games. And even as far as, like, the Pokedex and how big it's gotten, it doesn't feel like it does with Monster Hunter when you have... You don't, like, have a super huge roster, but the quality of that roster is insane. Yeah. Even, like, the bottom of the totem pole, when it comes to monsters you still see a lot more personality, character, and even people just enjoying the hunt of that monster. Like even at, like I said, like even at the bottom of the totem pole still. But with Pokemon, that's not the case. Like there are so many forgettable Pokemon that you just don't even care about. So it just feels like overstuffed with with like content but not quality content you know i think the thing that stories to stories to is significant um because because of its success and apart from it just being a, a good game uh i think its main contribution even more than just itself is the idea of spin-offs to a monster hunter title uh now this proved that you can be successful spin-off to a monster hunter in big ways completely different than the traditional monster right. hunter formula completely different than what they normally do because uh, there's a lot of people that just, they're not into Pokemon. They're not into anything like Pokemon. They don't care about turn-based games. They're not going to play Stories 2. Right. Absolutely fine. Perfectly right. legitimate. Um, but they could see this and they're like, well, why don't we make something else that's really new and unique that's got Monster Hunter kite uh-huh. thing? And the more I thought about this, my imagination has been going wild. I would very much like to see something in, in the style of um, a, a not-badass hunter. Like a weaker hunter that focuses more on that stuff that the like the the old players keep harping on about uh, item combinations, a lot more preparation, slower gameplay, um, and a more hardcore. Yeah, kinda. yeah, and like even like I, I like to compare it to how ODST was comp- compared to Halo. ODST, you were super weak in comparison to how Master Chief went around blasting everything and like Makes destroying sense. whole worlds, and ODST was amazing because like you played as a normal ODST trooper you were better than a regular grunt you were good but you couldn't handle like a whole slew of things all at once so you were you really had to you had right. to think more it was I really enjoyed ODST I liked its music I, I, thought, I thought the whole thing was was well made so I could see a spin-off like that where um, you're it, you don't even necessarily have to have the same kind of gameplay loop uh, I would be okay with like spending huge amounts of time on some kind of open world large map uh, and then you're told to go find the monster, and you have to actually track it, <laughs> like actually figure out mm-hmm. where it's at, and spend a lot of time getting to it, camping out, like that slow shit. Because I I, I started yeah. on on, it's not a surprise that I'm that I liked the older Monster Hunters because, uh, the game that I started this channel on was Outward, and it's a very slow, very uh, methodical, gameplay with a lot of crafting and a lot of realism and punishing. If you if you die, you're like fuck you, <laughs> you don't get anything. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> And and so that's I would like to see that maybe make a little camp, and you have to sleep, uh, like like take care of your 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 hunter, uh, and he's not like a badass hunter. Right. He's just an average. He's like he's like worse than Aiden from from. He's not not even an elite hunter. A normal hunter that can't handle fatalis. Like he just he's not going to be able to, to 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 deal with that. The the best you could manage is a fucking Rathalos kind of thing. I would like that. Right. I would like that. Right. Like it, it, you were camping out and like. 
a Velocipray yes. or something comes in. And that's like, a serious you, thing. It's going to be a hard encounter. Yeah, it's a serious yeah, like, thing. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I would like that kind of thing. And I don't care what kind of limits you have Absolutely. to put uh, to make that happen. I very much enjoy it. And see, that's the thing is, this is exactly what you said. Stories 2 is definitely going to open up the opportunity for something like that to happen. Because I know that I think it was actually somebody might have replied to something of your tweet, maybe, uh, Wyvarian. I think they said something about like wanting to have a game where you're a hunter, not a rider, but like in, but like in a stories. stories game where oh, you're a yeah. hunter. That's what, yeah. that's, I wanted yeah. that too, to be an adult rider. Oh, hell. Or, yeah. or just to be a hunter. I, it, Right, mm. right. And I mean, like, it would be a very ambitious thing to take on. But the fact that Stories 2 did so good and exactly what you said, Rado, like, it shows that spinoffs of this franchise are going to work. And I think the main thing that you can take away from it, too, is Stories 2 does such an absolutely fantastic job of keeping the core things in the mainline series like, there are so many things that happen in Stories 2, even though it's a turn-based RPG, that you you can take away from the mainline series. Mm. Like, the breaking parts to yeah. get extra yeah. materials. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different things that it sticks to the core of the mainline series, and you get that Monster Hunter flavor to where, even if a person might be more, like, on the fence as far as turn-based RPGs, I think, uh, Wyvarian, I think your friend uh, Sammy... Yeah. I remember seeing like tweets of him. One tweet was uh, how he was bored to death with yeah, stories too. Asleep. But then he came around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And it was probably because he was sitting there thinking, "All right, it's a Monster Hunter game. I'll give it a try." And then when you try stories too, you do get that feeling from the mainline series in a lot of different ways. Uh, hang on, guys. I gotta go do something. I'll be right back. It'll take me like yep. one. <laughs> gotcha. No, but uh, I was going to say, Wyvarian, I'm starting to do, like, the SR expeditions and stuff. Holy shit, man. <laughs> Co-op is so much it's fun. fun. Yeah, It's really like, fun. Like, I didn't expect it to be that much fun, but it really, really was. And I noticed, uh, uh, did you see that you can actually, I don't know exactly what they did, but, like, I was on stream, and I was talking about doing some expedition with... Uh, the people that were like watching the stream yeah. and they're actually over in Europe and they found a way to actually change their region on Steam. Oh yeah. 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 And I was going to say, I didn't know if you knew or not, but like, yeah, they actually did it and we ended up going on like expeditions and stuff like that. But I don't know, man, like I didn't expect the co-op to be that much fun. Yeah. It's actually like, um, it adds more longevity. Because you have you have fun PVE and you have fun PvP, it's pretty insane. Right. Do you have anything that you're working on as far as like putting together like the perfect monster, anything like that? Um, I haven't. I don't have any builds going on right now. But I was working on stuff like I want to better explain who Red is because people keep thinking he's the protagonist from the first game from the last story <laughs> yeah uh -huh. um and just like i have like a shit ton of notes on uh certain things i want to talk about it's just so much right. i do want to do build stuff though but it's just pvp is yeah. in a rut for me right now so the whole cheating thing right I'm right back. so i mean yeah i was gonna say that would put a damper on you know your videos and stuff like that but yeah i mean i don't know i say 
go for it. Because it seems like I think the only people that I see really doing like build stuff is uh, Paradise and then 269 and then uh, what was... I think Tagback is also doing it. Tagback TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, but it doesn't seem like it's, you know, a huge thing that people are doing. So by all means, yeah, it's not a, I'd say rip them It's off. not a saturated market in, in stories. Yeah. Uh-uh. Okay, so I... I wanted to ask you guys' opinion on something. I made a video recently where um, I saw a series of tweets that got pretty popular on on Twitter of some guy talking about how um, all video games should have an easy mode and Dark Souls games should have an easy mode, from software games should have an easy mode, everything should have an easy mode. And, uh, you know, he's just being very abrasive about it, uh, very dismissive of of counter-arguments and... Uh, it pissed me off, <laughs> and so I was. Uh, right. I made like a forty, no, a thirty, thirty-seven minute long video, uh, talking about how <laughs> I don't think that he's right. Maybe I wasn't responding to him specifically, but this, basically the the whole slew of arguments about it was the spark. Yeah, like this whole slew of arguments of um, easy mode always being a good thing that I don't agree with necessarily. Um, I was wondering, what do you guys think about that in terms of a monster hunter? Do you think that a monster hunter would be better with an easy mode or or do you think it would be negatively impacted um i would probably i i would have to say as far as like uh video games and stuff like that they are an art you know and i always feel that the artiste should make whatever his product in or whatever his medium is in his vision or her vision and that should be the end of it. You know what I mean? You can take into consideration different things, but if you want it to be a game that is just hard as hell, there's no difficulty slider, this and that, do it. Yeah. That's what you envisioned, so you do it. Even if we're talking about, like, as far as, like, accessibility and stuff like that. Because myself, you know, like, I, I don't know how much you guys know, but, I mean, like, as far as, like, using my fingers, stuff like that, I can't. I can't move my fingers. I can't do that. Like, so accessibility in games is pretty important to me. You know what I mean? Being able to remap controls, do this and that. Like, it's very important. Yeah. But I'm never going to shit on a game for not having the best accessibility options and stuff because they focused on what they wanted to focus on. They wanted to make this game whatever it is, like Sekiro and stuff like that. They wanted it to be a challenge, and that was what they were focusing on and what they wanted to do, and they did Well, you know... They don't need to placate or anything like that. Go ahead. Your specific example that you gave, like, in in that sense, I'm not... I'm kind of pro that. Like, like, you know, some people can make do. Some some people are one-handed. Some people... um, like they like they only have one hand. Some people uh, uh, are disabled in various ways, and giving people the option to like map their controllers in every game probably is a great idea. Like it's probably just a great idea every time uh, to to be able to change how your controller works, because it's like people can figure out how to like. I, I think I, there's some Street Fighter player that plays with his face and he plays oh, at a competitive level. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, and, yeah. And, and I'm like, you, if, if you had more options, you, you could figure out a way to, 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 to play if, that, if that's your problem. But in terms of the artistic vision with the, the actual difficulty of the, of the game, that I think should be left, I agree with Handy, should be left to the developer. He's the one making these decisions. He's the one that knows what... what and just like the situation where you were talking about with Wyvarian and Sammy, Sammy was like, fuck this game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And then he, he went back and he played it and he's like, oh, never mind, this is good. Uh, and pretty much every Monster Hunter player I've ever talked to uh, is like, fuck Monster Hunter, this game is stupid. I, I like, he's clunky, you can't and move. And then they come back. And then they leave. And then they come back, something about it is stuck out in their brain. They come back and then they love it. And sometimes they come back like months later or years <laughs> later. And then they're like, oh, never mind. This is amazing. Literally every single person I've talked to is like that. Um, so the developers know what they're doing. If you're going to defend video games as art, you should let the artist do what he wants. Uh, right. That's that's basically my my only feeling. Do I you think... do? And see, what do you think, Wyvarian? See, that's the thing is like, I, I just want to kind of clarify as far as like the accessibility thing. Like, yeah. It's something that I'm not going to shit on a game for not being more accessible, but I will praise it. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's the same thing with like the difficulty and stuff like that. I'm not going to shit on a game for not having a difficulty slider or this or that. But I mean, if it does, then cool, you know? Right, I'm not. There's, but there's. See, there's no one that's ever going to shit on a game for having a difficulty slider, unless they feel that the developer was pressured into it. Uh, right. Like, if it came in after. Yeah. If it just came with a difficulty slider and it wasn't known for being hard, and it was just a perfectly natural thing for it to have. Like nobody's going to say shit about that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's not a single person on this planet that cares in that sense. No. But what what were your thoughts, Ryan? Well. With Monster Hunter, I don't feel like a difficulty slider would work well because because of how the rank system right. is. Mm. So, I mean, like with Rise, I mean, your easy mode was literally the village quest. The village quests. That was right. easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was oh, easy. Yeah. And one could argue that the rest of the game is kind of easy, but it's not as easy as the village quest. So, yeah. yeah, they have like a built-in difficulty slider from like village to like hub stuff yeah so i I mean i think what they did with rise is fine i do think that the expansion whenever it comes should have a more difficult end game and you know like arc temper Mm -hmm. nergigante when he first came out like even though like even though you could even if, if even if you um memorize all his moves he had so much hp now that and that one that, slam down was bullshit. That one yeah. slam, down. It, it, was, it was a it's like a twenty minute focus match. Oh, that guy! He had so much health. Like even if you did know all his yeah. moves, you had to focus for twenty straight minutes of paying full attention to this yes. guy. It was crazy, right? And you only had so many slams. Because I think he starts limping at like twenty percent health. So you need That's to really longest twenty percent, longest twenty percent ever. You got to get down really low. But stuff like that, like I. That, I think that's fine. It's because like, you don't have to do it. Like, it's optional. Right. Right. So. And for uh, yeah, Dark no. Souls wouldn't be what it is if it was easy. Right. Like, because right. Dark Souls in itself isn't inherently hard. It's just designed to make you think. 
It's, it's yeah, designed you know, yeah. to like you actually use your goddamn brain. Like, I, I keep I I constantly hear people making this straw man argument where they're like, uh, "You gamers and your gamer pride, and uh, you know you just you just want to be the only one to play Dark Souls, and you want people to be unhappy, and you hate other and you hate disabled people." And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, no, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. It's more like to begin with. There's not that many people that really are in this fucking Dark Souls gamer culture thing where they, like, take a great deal of pride from the fact that they beat Dark Souls. Because most people that like Dark Souls and appreciate Dark Souls understand the fact that it's not that hard. It's not about it. It's even slower, like, the base Dark Souls is slower than how Monster Hunter Rise's gameplay is. Yeah. It's a meth- Monster Hunter and Dark Souls, they're methodical games. They're slower than normal action games. Like, you have something like Devil May Cry, super fast. Super fast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're not that difficult. The difficulty comes from the commitment. You know, you're more committed to these moves. Once you yep. start doing the move, you have to finish doing the move for the yep. most part. Um, and so, it for- it forces you... It's a patience and experience game, Dark Souls. And so is so it's Monster Hunter. It's a patience and experience game. So they're not difficult. Anybody yeah. can clear them. Anybody. They're not. They're, they're, it doesn't require skill. It doesn't require talent. Uh, it's the patience and the experimentation and the experience that that lets you clear it. And that's kind of the heart of the game. It's like saying, "I don't like how the game is. Let me. Uh, well, why are you playing the game? Like that's the whole point. <laughs> like it's the patience and the experience and figuring stuff out. And so you're like, "Well, I don't want to do that. What did you? So don't play making the game, it easier. Bro. Is it going to be? Is it going <laughs> to? Yeah. <laughs> don't play the game." It's it, yeah. yeah, yeah, and see, like that's the thing too is the more that you try to broaden the accessibility, I feel like especially with video games, the more you try to broaden that accessibility, you start to take away from the game itself. Oh yeah. shit, that's only and the more you have to compromise. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the more you homogenize yeah. something, the the more samey and bland it's it, it's it starts to get. It's it's like what you were exactly. talking about with the weapons in Monster Hunter. Once you start giving everything counters, and once you start giving everything everything, yeah. uh, the weapons lose some of their uniqueness. This is why I get lance players coming at me all the time, <laughs> uh, angry yeah. that the counters uh, were stolen by the longsword. I'm not sorry, yeah. but... <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, you're still going to reap the rewards yeah. of that, and I mean... Yeah, but I mean, that is the thing, is it's just... I, well, that's the... I feel like it's a fallacy that just kind of goes around with the whole Dark Souls thing, is that, like people walk around touting like this fucking championship yeah. belt because they beat dark souls or something yeah. that doesn't, that doesn't exist yeah it doesn't and i mean like all these people because like I, I think i remember the tweet that you uh were talking about it was saying something about like the dude at the end like he he said something about like a slider or difficulty thing that isn't going to f- affect you and then it said like loser, loser gamers, gamers. Yeah. yeah something like that i mean like there's this whole culture that people think there's a, a major, like a majority of gamers that are yeah. like elitist and like it's a small vacuum, a small minority, even if it's like loud or this or that, it is still very much a minority. The thing that I see the most is people talking shit on gamers yeah. and calling them like elitist. Yeah. And, and losers, crybabies, right? And you right. know, it's like they're they're charging at windmills. They're Don Quixoteing the the whole thing. There, there's no the thing they're responding to. This this idea doesn't exist. Like they're they're responding to a hypothetical right. idea 
of a of a person that exists only in their imagination. Uh, right. It's. I was going to say because I mean, like, it's I I, I see that more. Yes. The people that are going after this enigma or whatever that they're trying to create, yeah. and I see them being more asshole-ish yes. or anything than anybody yep. else. And, okay, so th- most of their arguments, I think, that, that they come up with, like my video goes really in-depth with it, but and I address every argument that I've ever heard on the subject, but most of them just aren't true. Uh, and the biggest one that isn't true, and their biggest, strongest defense is like, it wouldn't affect you and it would be uh, accessible to other players and they, they can accept that. But, like, just on the face of it, like, that's not true. Like, because it does affect me. Because why do you think we're having this argument? Why am I disagreeing with you? Are you just going to assume that I'm lying every time the millions of people say, yes, it does affect me? Uh, so, you know, people people aren't often that articulate. They have a hard time explaining um, what they mean. But, like, there's millions of people that are like, yes, it does affect me. How are you going to say an objective statement about my subjective experience and tell me how I feel and telling me it doesn't affect me. I tell you whether it affects me. You don't tell me if it affects me. You have no way of knowing how I, if, if my experience has been diluted or if I'm, uh, if I'm uh, somehow harmed by the, by the fact that it's... Uh, that's, that it, I, I don't even need a reason. I just, in a good faith argument, you say what you think and I believe you. And then I say what I think and you believe me, that I'm telling the truth. Like you, We assume that people are telling the truth. You're not having a good faith argument. You're just insulting people. So fuck off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's it's just one of those things that like it, at the core of it, I pretty much just say that not everything is for everybody, mm-hmm. period. You know what I mean? Like that, if you just want to break it down to a simplistic statement, not everything is going to be for everybody. If the game's too difficult for you, then just go to a different game or something, you know, or continue to get better at it. You know what I mean? Cause that's the whole crux of dark souls games is you get your ass beat many, 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 many times. And then you come back and you finally beat it and you get that unbelievably gratifying you, feeling, you know, just like funny? you do in monster. It's, um, it mirrors, uh, fighting games. And the reason why a lot yeah. of people don't get into fighting games is, is because they think it's too hard. When right. really, it's just yeah. a commitment. That's all. There, yeah. there was this thing for uh, one of the fighting games where they like made the right stick auto combo. Right? Is, is that a? Is that a thing? I think it was one of the Street Fighters. Um, they, the, they, they allowed people to turn on this auto combo thing where they just combo different moves automatically without, what? without having to understand how they work. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure that someone in the comments will tell me which game it is. But I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm willing to bet you anything that. The people that turned on the auto combo because they thought it was too difficult and they just wanted to play online or whatever, they wanted to get through the story or, or whatever they wanted to do, uh, they didn't stick around. They're not part of the like the community. They're not part of the fan base no. because they're no. just moving a stick around. And some of those people that did that, I bet you that would have stuck around had they been forced to engage with the game the way it was intended. So so right. you've harmed yourself, really. You like You played yourself. Because uh, there is some percentage of those people that turned on that stick that didn't stick around, that would have stuck around had they been forced to engage with the game the, the proper way. Well, there's there's always, um, even in Dragon Ball Fighters, uh, a lot of Arc System Works games have auto combos. Maybe like one certain string of auto combo mm. if you just like keep mm-hmm. pressing square, right? 
Right. The thing about that yeah. is a lot of people who don't understand fighting games will crutch on that. But if you understand fighting games, you'll know that this person is relying on an auto combo. And they, they're not thinking. They're just right. trying to hit mm-hmm. you and bring your health points to zero. Yeah. So it's like, if it's right. one string of a combo, you, you can learn how to counter that combo. Right. So it's like... They'll have openings because you know you're, they know you're doing the same combo over and over. You know that there's going to be an opening at this point. And, yeah. So it's like... Yeah. You can just exploit At that. the end of the day, doing your, your own combos is still better. That's the way these games are designed. So I don't really know. Yeah. It's weird. And I see... I, I, I think that it's not a bad faith reasoning that, you know, some people... I feel like actually a majority of the people, when they say that they don't want the difficulty sliders, I don't, in my heart, I don't think that there's any, well, I mean, maybe like (laughs) a small sadistic amount, but like, I don't think that there's really anybody that says they don't want a difficulty slider to try and bar people from playing a game or this or that. They just know the experience that they got. Like I was talking about with like beating these different bosses in Dark Souls and beating the different monsters in Monster Mm -hmm. Hunter. We all know that feeling that we got, like, when we took out a Latrion in Iceborne, when we took out Fatalis in Iceborne, the, the feeling that we got after trying and trying and trying and trying was something that was incredible. And that's what I would want other people to experience as well. And I think that's where some of the people, a lot, of, yeah, I, I really do. I feel like a lot of the people are saying that they don't want those difficulty sliders because they want other people to experience what they yeah. did. Yeah, this this whole argument, I feel, is like almost every argument ever. It's mostly people um, advocating on behalf of other people that they don't know, and both sides trying to be good people, or, or like they're, they're trying to be virtuous. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, because like like every single other argument, um, you you want to dehumanize the other side like you you're you're like no you're lying about the reasons that you're saying that you uh, uh that you want uh no difficulty sliders you just yeah. want to exclude people you just want to your loser gamer hard on boner for for being good at a game um uh-huh. and i'm like no i'm telling you why like you you cannot like my reasons you th- you can think that the harm is overweighed by the good we can still disagree but it's easy to have a good faith argument if you just shut the fuck up and listen <laughs> right and see, like, that's the that's the thing, too, is, like, and I, I don't want to, like, throw this into, like, or drive race into it or anything like that. And I don't know if you've had this experience or anything like that, Wyvarian, but me being black, like, I feel like it's one of those things with the whole difficulty slider thing and how they're, like, jumping at people, all oh, loser gamers, this and that. It's a group of people being offended for another group of oh, people I've, yeah. you know what I mean? oh boy and yeah i was gonna say and i've had that shit happen in my life all the time you know what i mean like people being offended for me and speaking for me you're doing more yeah. harm than the people that you're going after and i feel like that's kind of what's going on with this whole difficulty in games thing i feel like there's a group of people that feel like they need to defend mm or be offended for another group of people and they're coming out and lashing out and attacking these people that are saying no to the difficulty sliders thinking that it's in bad faith 
and just jumping at them. There's this meme I saw a while ago, and it's like Woody from Kingdom Hearts 3, and he's like holding Sora back, and he's looking angrily uh, forward <laughs> like he's about to go do something, and, and the yeah. caption is like, white girls on Twitter be like, and then uh, Sora's oh a minority. My <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I do. I, I really do. I think that's kind of what's going on. Like, I, I do... And it's the same way. Like, the people that are jumping out and saying the loser gamer thing, like, I feel like they have the right uh, intentions. Yeah. They're just going about it in a terrible way. Yeah, I'm perfectly way. convinced. You know, they're the ones that are attacking. Yeah, I'm perfectly convinced that they're coming from a good place. Like, I'm not assuming bad faith on their, on their behalf. I think they're coming from a good no, place. I no. think that they uh, want other, more people to experience good moments. Like, both sides really want the same thing. Uh they want people to have these magical moments that, that they had, and then uh, my side wants them to have these magical moments that they had. I just happen to think that what what they're advocating for is actually less likely for them to have these moments. Um, exactly. Um, yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah, and uh, as soon as as soon as we start to realize, I mean, that's pretty much the climate nowadays. Is that you know, if you're not on my side, you're an idiot, kind of thing, you know. And it's hard to have like. I don't even know what you would call it, like civil discourse or just good yeah, faith. it's good it's faith. hard to have exactly that on the what internet you're because about. because most people are either on one side or the other. Yeah, and I feel like the yeah. people that get the most disdain are the people that look in the middle. So <laughs> yeah. it's like yep. I, the reason why I get so much shit on Twitter is because, I, like, everyone's biased at some point, but it's right. like I can oh, look yeah. at something and say. I really like this, but it's kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. But if I say that, people are like, how dare you say that about this or that? Like, yeah, let, it's the best uh, thing ever. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. You, you know, let me ask you about that, actually. Okay, so you you guys get rude comments, right? Like, um, on your on your channels, oh, yeah. on your Twitters, uh, you get rude comments. I... You ever hear comments like, well, that's just your opinion. Like, you know, you're you're, you're clearly biased. I'm like... Bro, whose opinion did you think you were going to get when you came to my video? Right. <laughs> <laughs> whose else's opinion am I supposed to give you other than mine? Well, that's just your subjective right. experience. Boy, whose other experience can <laughs> I have? Like, <laughs> right. I, I can only have my experience. And it's like, well, you're acting like it's objective. I, I have never used the word objective in my videos unless I'm saying something objective. All right. Unless it's something measurable yeah. that's actually objective, I've never used the word objective. So it's like you just keep uh, this refrain over and over. It's like subjective, subjective. Like it's a like it's a holy cross, like scaring away a vampire. <laughs> it's like that's your subjective opinion. <laughs> like leaning back, scared, shaking the cross at me. It's like, bro, I know. That's what I. That's what the right. video is about. Like that's what I'm doing here. I'm putting my opinions on on the internet, and I'm giving you the reasons why I think the things I think. Okay. Remember um, when I when I said fuck Demo Magnamalo? Yeah. And like so much hate <laughs> came <Yeah>. my way. <laughs> I mean the video like, what, well. what were they saying? Well, uh, see at the beginning of the video I said, "Damn, Magnamalo's really fun and it's a good fight." Yeah, but you I started feel out like, like the you know. way they balance him in the demo is bullshit. I said that. And yeah. people were like, "Well, you just fucking suck at Monster Hunter then." Jesus. You you crying like a little baby because you can't be Magnamalo. And it's like, dude, that's not what I'm saying, though. I'm, like, I'm just saying that it kind of feels like bullshit. Yeah. Like, 
But in the very beginning, you said it was like a fun fight and stuff. Oh, but that like, went they, out the window the moment I, mean, I said, fuck Demo Magnamalo. It was triggering. <laughs> like, it was like, what? Fuck, dude. <laughs> you suck at this game. Like, uh, you, okay. Jesus. I mean, so, you've seen so, my guides, right? But yeah, I suck. Okay. Right. <laughs> so I spent, I spent like, I don't, I don't like replying to negative comments on, on the internet because it's hard to really, um, just to begin with, it's hard to have a, a conversation on the internet that's not, like, uh, adversarial. But, yeah. like, it's even worse in uh -huh. written form because you can't use tone, you can't use uh, a lot of expressions that you right. could to right. convey intent. So it's sound, it, when you're, you're using text, it, it's more likely to be taken the wrong way. So I don't like doing that. I don't like responding to long posts when they're making an argument. And I feel bad because, like, they spend all this time, and I read all my, my comments, and then they spend all this time explaining what they think. But like occasionally, and, and I have a thick skin, so it's it's fine. I don't I don't really get bothered by it. But one right. there was one comment. I, I don't even remember exactly what it is, but I actually got triggered. It's like because it was so arrogant. Like it, it just came out. It's like well, it's like uh, something like you know you you um, you over here acting like your like your your opinion. You don't realize that your subjective opinion is subjective, and you're not making. How about trying making some objective statements? Uh, like, like, not at all talking about the studies that I talk about sometimes, and not at all referencing all that stuff. Uh, you need to understand that other people can have a different opinion than you. And I'm like, bro, what? Where is all this coming from? Where's this all passive aggressive anger uh, coming? And then at the end, it's like, also, Dark Monster Hunters is not Dark Souls, so you should leave that attitude at the door. And I just got like highly <laughs> upset. Like I got highly triggered by this guy's comment. Like I've never seen such a pompous, uh, arrogant. Um, like completely just not not listening to the things I said in the video, um, right? And then and then like to top it all off, this air of superiority. I just oh, it was it really got me. And so I go and I comment. And I'm like fuck off. And I period. And I just send that to him. Like it's the first time I ever did that. Um, yeah. But you know, YouTube censored my comment. I go back to that comment. What? I can't find it. Like it censored me on my own channel. I can't find the, my reply. I see his comment still there, and I'm just sitting here. It's like. You know what? Oh, sure. Fine. <laughs> you know what? Be that way. But but still, <laughs> fuck that guy. I was gonna say I don't think that I've gotten to the point where I've wanted to like comment back and just say like fuck you or anything right. like that. I mean, I've definitely like responded to stuff before, but to talk about the comment that you were talking about on your video, like that's literally your thing is taking other people's opinions and you explaining why you disagree mm -hmm. with that. So for him to say like you need to realize other people have different opinions, like, dude, that's I, I realize that people thing. have different opinions. That's the problem. They keep being right. Wrong. You know, you know what's what's funny is, um, I, <laughs> I don't know if people see it as a bad or good thing, but I know mainly on Twitter, I kind of just if I see a triggering comment, I'm probably gonna say something back. Right. And it's like usually it's pretty funny to me to do it because i like mm -hmm. to see people's reactions so i know one time i think oh i i said i couldn't play stories 2 on switch for long because i wanted to turn back on my pc and someone was like right. well you know i actually enjoy the game so i just play it on the switch he was like how about you though i said i can ask the same question to you and he was like i, I was like no i said i, I said i could ask you the wait, same wait wait hang question. on he, he said he said I actually enjoy the game. Yeah. That's why I play it on Switch. Like, yeah. 
Like he's saying that like you don't like you wouldn't it? enjoy it if you were playing it on PC. Is that what he was implying? I guess he's trying to say that he likes the game enough to play it on the Switch, and I'm just being a crybaby, right? Oh no, no. Oh, okay, okay. You're not so, a true story. I'm like, fan. you know, he he was like, I don't know about you though, and I was like, well, actually enjoy the game, but on PC, dipshit. And he was like, he was right. like, he came back and said, fair enough, dick, and he started laughing, and that was surprising because. <laughs> Usually, someone would get so upset when I reply like that. Yeah. This guy yeah. was like, okay, dick, and laughed it off. And this guy still yeah. comments on my stuff. It's funny. Like, yeah. No, that's 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 the good kind of thing that you can get if you... Okay. Here, let's let's have my controversial take of the day. <laughs> let's, let's try to get canceled again. Okay. Um, I don't Here think being nice is necessarily a good thing. Uh, it's not... A virtue to be a nice person you know it's a virtue to be polite i think yes it's, it's a good it's a good thing to be um to be um understanding of other people's position uh but it's not a good thing to be nice uh and so when somebody like some of the best people i know some of my closest friends are very adversarial they're very disagreeable they, they say uh shit that they think uh and they're just annoying like they're just annoying people. Yeah, from the bottom of their heart, their personality is annoying from the from the moment they were born. Uh, but those are the people that I can rely on in a crisis. Because I, ha- I have a I have two friends, all right, and one of them is very agreeable, very fun to hang out with, uh, one of the most entertaining people. Uh, you know, everybody likes him. Every, very agreeable, very nice. He's the most unreliable person in the world. Yeah. I can rely on him to let me down every time. So if I ever needed something, I wouldn't be calling that guy that I like hanging out with. Uh, it's the annoying adversarial people sometimes that will tell you to your face, you know, you, you, this video is shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, right, right. Uh, that that will, you know, drive you to the hospital when you need to. Like, you can call them up and or if you're like, bro, can I borrow your car? And you, I need to borrow $1,000 for something. Like, these, are, these, these people are like, all right, but you fucking better give it back to me. You dumb person right you know they're they're very mean and that's fine because yeah. being a uh unlikable disagreeable shithole of a person doesn't mean you're not also a great person because you can be a very good person and be rude and you can be a very um unreliable person and be nice right and, and i mean you never want to be or surround yourself with yes men yes yeah. you know people that are going to agree with everything that you do every you know whatever you want to do like with your videos or anything anything in life pretty much if they're just going to sit there and say yes regardless of what it is or you know because i don't think that they're coming from bad faith place either i think they want to like build you up and you know oh yeah go for it go for that idea or this or that bro i need the people that are going to be like (laughs) exactly and you need the people that are going to be like listen if you do this it's going to yeah. fuck up bad. Yeah. It's going to blow up in your face. And you need those kind of people. And I see exactly what you're saying. Like, personality-wise, they might be, you know, they might be the type of person that you get tired of pretty Very quick. Because, yeah, because, like, you're, you're like, all right, dude, I get it. Uh, we don't need to go back and forth every single thing that I say and this and that. But you do. You need those people to be around in those clutch moments. Exactly what you were saying. Like, you can rely on them. To give you the truth, you know no what's, matter what. Yeah, it's funny is that... Um, no, you you go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no you go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, um, 
I started off when I was younger. I was very uh, passive, and I didn't like to talk much, and I wouldn't like to input my opinion on stuff. So I kind of was a yes man when I was younger. Um, okay. When I got older, started working retail jobs, and just I just got tired of being like a feeling like <laughs> a pushover, you know. Yeah. So I got uh-huh. to the point uh-huh. where I had my passive mode where. You know, I'm a, I'm generally a really nice person. I was brought up well, but if you want to see that side, I got it for you. It's it's in my, it's in my pocket, bro. Right, like it's here. So <laughs> it gets to the point where on Twitter, like I'm, I love to talk about community stuff, and I love to meet new people. Mm-hmm. Once you say something really dumb, I'm gonna come for you. <laughs> yeah, like I'm going to right. come for you. It's like I and made if a you meme. Can take it. Yeah, if if, if you can. If you can take it and take it in stride and laugh it off and you're like, yeah, all right, Dick, fair enough. Like, yeah. Then, then that's the start of a of a good thing. Yeah. Like, it's better to do yeah. that yeah. than to get than to be overly nice and get offended or being too passive and not say anything. Like, I think that guy's thing was the optimal thing. He said something dumb. Yeah, you're like, I like it too. I just like it on PC. All right, fair enough. You know, I <laughs> I, I have my opinion of your opinion, but but uh, go off, bitch. Like that's. that's <laughs> And see, that's the thing is that it, it goes back to the whole being consistent thing too, though, Wyvern, because like you would do that with that guy or somebody that you've been friends with, even if this is like over the internet, like Twitter friends yeah. or something, you, you would come at them as well if they said something yeah. stupid. You know what I mean? It's, it, it is, it's all about that consistency. And I mean, like, I know that, uh, one of the recent videos that I put out about like one of the articles that the shit articles right. that are about monster hunter but um the dude like was really upset because he's like you know i follow your channel for like your positivity <laughs> and this and that and it's just like okay i get that but like when something needs to be called out it needs to be called out if we were just all rainbows and fucking sunshine all the time things wouldn't change you know you have to be critical even if it's something that you love or even if, you know, something that's coming at a thing that you love, you know, like Monster Hunter, I love the franchise and stuff, but this article I felt was tearing it down in ways that unfair. were just untrue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and unfair. So, yeah, I have to strip off the sunshine and rainbows every once in a while, you know what I mean? Like, I do. I like being exactly what you said, a polite person and going at it that way. But I mean, sometimes you just gotta fucking. I just I think that the people that are you know overly positive, very nice people, they also do it from a good place. First of all, it's actually like technically not a virtual because it's a personality trait. It's actually something yeah. you can't help. It's a, yeah, it's a personality thing, it. and I mean I mean that like in a technical way, like an actual big five personality aspect uh, scale. Like it's it's an actual thing. Agreeableness is is a measure, and you can be high in agreeableness yeah. and low in agreeableness, and um. So it's an actual technical term. Uh, being nice is actually a personality trait, but it's not a virtue. But even even given that, uh, I think they come from a good place. They want people to be nice. They want conversation to be positive and lively. And they think the world is a, is going to be a better place if everybody's just nice to each other. And I just don't, I don't see that. Uh, I don't agree with that perspective. I don't think that the world is going to be a better place if everybody's just nice to each other all the time. Because you can be passive aggressively nice. You, you can be... Um, there's all kinds of you can you can falsify your own opinions. You can be silent when you shouldn't be because you're too nice, um, and you can be a dick 
and also be right and also say it in a good way. Uh, there's just a lot of things that can go in right. together. Life is complicated. Life is diverse. <laughs> and we should embrace that, that uh, diversity of personality. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, you can't take it at face value because, you know, like there's I'm sure there's plenty of examples that we could come up with where somebody was on the surface being like a dick or an asshole or something. But then that led to some kind of change. And, you know, exactly what we were talking about with like the whole Pokemon thing. If people were dicks about it and like stopped buying the games or like shot that criticism their way and there was just like a a wave of constructive criticism but it probably would like on the surface it would look like people are being dicks but no they're just doing what they need to do to make change happen because you can't you can't always get that change if you're going to sit there and just well you know they're trying their best or this or that you know like I get why yeah. they, you, know, you can understand. <laughs> when you were saying right. that, just like, that's funny. That's exactly what they sound like. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you can't. Like, we well, I mean, it, are somewhat responsible for Pokemon. We somewhat created that monster with... It's not even just... Buying their products over and over It's not again. even just the change aspect. Like, maybe nothing changes, but that's fine. But it's like, it's right, funny right. when I see Wyvarian clap at somebody on Twitter. The world is a better place because I saw that. Like, if he was yes. overly nice and he didn't say anything, like, the world is now a worse place because I didn't see... Like, like comedy is, is a lot like that. You, you guys watch video game Donkey? Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah. I love his videos. His comedy style is hilarious. Um, and I, the, the best video I ever saw him do, uh, the reason I, I even got uh, interested in his channel, is he made this comedy thing on Nintendo's E3 thing, or not E3, Nintendo's um, Direct where they didn't show anything, not, not the recent one on E3, like a different one, where they showed um, mm -hmm. Octopath Traveler remake, they showed um, Project uh, Re-Fantasy, it was just, it was just crappy um, showing. And he's over here and he's like, oh yeah, it's going to be great, next, next game release, it's going to be Scoured Sword, uh, no, no, I mean Breath of the Wild 2, Metroid Prime 4, Bayonetta 3 something, and like each time, uh, it's just disappointing and it shows what it's actually showing. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's like the the height of comedy. <laughs> and he's being mean to Nintendo. He's calling them out for, for their shitty showing. And it's like, that right. video has made the world a better place with its negativity. And I love it. Uh, I love it. Mm -hmm. It's not always sunshine and, see, and like, That's the thing. Right, we're right. And you can't. You can't do that because we would miss out on great things like that. Like, okay, this is going to be the perfect example. There is a tweet that will forever be on the Monster Hunter official timeline, the official Twitter page of Wyvarian talking about playing Monster Hunter while he's taking <laughs> The world is so much better. The fact that now on the official Monster <laughs> Hunter, they have a tweet about somebody talking about taking a shit and playing Monster Hunter <laughs> at the same time. Gold. Yeah. That's why. That is a perfect example as as to why you can't be... You can't just do the whole prim and proper, you know what I mean, like goody two-shoe type thing all the time. Because then we wouldn't have that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. I think Sock shared that because I kept talking shit about the Switch version. <laughs> and then I was like, I had to take a shit, so I just took the switch with me and played it. Seriously, though, the official Monster Hunter 
Twitter. Retweeted Dude, Sox that. Is, Sox is awesome. He's he's pretty awesome. Man. He yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say. I mean, they do have great community managers and stuff. Him and Yuri, like they're really good at what they do, but they're also just not like they're not corporate robots. Uh, you know, they're fun. They let their personality like bleed into what they do, and you can tell. You know, that's why people follow socks and Yuri and stuff. That's why they do that because most people that are like community managers or this or that, like you kind of get that you do. That's how I always liken it back to It's like the corporate robot feel. But with those guys, it's definitely not that at all. Like socks, literally when I tagged you in that, uh, great ACE attorney, uh, tweet that socks was talking about, like at the very end of that tweet, he was like, but listen, I got a bunch of shit that yeah. I'm going to play. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll get back to this stuff tomorrow. Yeah. I love it. I really hope they, that I can get an, an early copy of Ace Attorney. I was going like, to say. I, I, I very I much enjoy say. having a, an early copy. I'm not sure that they're going to because my channel's not focused. It's never done an Ace Attorney video uh, thus far. True. Uh, and I think Sox works with EU territories more. So I just, I don't, yeah, oh, I don't okay. see me getting um, an Ace Attorney early copy. But I'm going to try and we'll see. Because... I, I actually like Ace Attorney quite... Do you guys play Ace Attorney? Do you know anything about it? I, have, I don't know a goddamn thing. I haven't played thing. an Ace Attorney game. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, like, I don't know anything about Ace Attorney, but, like, I know that there is a solid core of people that absolutely yeah. love it. It's kind of... It, it's fun. It's a visual novel type thing, and you're, you're like, you, you collect evidence, and then you go to court, and then you defend your client, uh, and then you're... Uh, you know, the, the witnesses say what they have to say, and then you look for contradictions, and you present evidence that contradicts what they're saying, and the story progresses that way. And, you know, like, you press for details. It's it's pretty fun. Like, it's when it first came out, it was very innovative. It was very uh, in-your-face about it. And what I like about it is, uh, have you either of you played Persona 5? Yeah. Uh, Wondering? Yeah. I played yeah. Persona yeah, okay. 5. Okay, so in Persona 5, they mentioned something that made me realize the why... Uh, Ace Attorney came came out in in Persona Five. They talk about how the Japanese courts have like a ninety nine percent conviction rate. That's um, wild. Uh, so so uh -huh. any pretty much if you go to court, you're going to get convicted ninety nine percent of the time. <laughs> it's actually it actually might be more than ninety nine percent, but but I'm but it's Jesus at least ninety nine percent. And no. so so they mentioned that in Persona Five, and then I'm like, oh my god, the whole. Uh, Ace Attorney One is a commentary on that because, first of all, the prosecutors and the uh, they have these big personalities. Like they have these big personalities. They yell and they you know make make a whole thing about it. Especially the main bad guy in the first game. The main bad guy is like this legendary prosecutor, never lost a case in forty years, kind of kind of thing. And and he's like okay. this old, very very uh, is very perfectly controls his cases and he uses fake evidence. And he and he like the whole thing. He's like a final boss. He's, when he whenever he says an objection, it sounds like a demon comes out. It was great. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh shit! Uh, it was a good. It was a good um, conclusion. But the whole point is like, it's a commentary on. In Japan, I think they also used to have these very blustering attorneys that would make the whole court a show and and uh, like use emotion personality. I don't know if it's the same way now, but I'm pretty sure it used to be. And so I think this, the game, the first game, is a commentary on that. And it's a commentary on Japan's okay. high conviction rate and their need to, to keep pumping out convictions. Because, it, actually, it's not even that unusual. In Western countries, they have something like a 90% conviction rate. And it makes sense a little bit because if you've, 
you know, you've found enough evidence to point a finger at, at a suspect and you've collected a bunch of evidence and, and this process has been going on for a while. You're not going to collar somebody if you're not relatively sure they're guilty, you know. Uh, so it's normal that, that you have a higher conviction rate than not high conviction rate. But the Japanese take it yeah. too far from what it looks like with a 99% <laughs> conviction rate. Well, so if, maybe it has to, If he said yeah. you did it, then you did it. Then you did it, yeah. <laughs> like, that's way too high. And you, to be fair to the Japanese, yeah. maybe they have a stricter um, requirement for what counts as evidence. So, like, they really, really sure, and maybe that's why the courts are, are doing that. So I don't know. But just on the face of it, it doesn't look good <laughs> that they have a 99% right. conviction rate. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, that's uh, that's a bit much. But, I mean, the fact that they had a mm-hmm. game going at yeah. that, I mean, that's kind of... That's kind of yeah. It's actually really it's really part. great because like the the first game was about the the this this prosecutor and the and the whole thing where they like falsify evidence and uh, and it makes a point that the point of a court the point of having adversarial um, people where one guy's completely for the defendant and one guy's completely trying to get the defendant uh, um, uh, convicted creates a situation where the powers are distributed in different locations and they're both trying to find the truth by pursuing their interests. And so they're explaining the court in that way and how the court can be a good thing, uh, as opposed to a bad thing where, you know, the prosecutors are using fake evidence and the cops are 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 planting fake evidence. Um, so, and the second game goes goes more into the prosecutorial role and what it means to be a good prosecutor. And it's, it's really interesting. I liked that they took on this kind of social commentary subtly in, in this game, very subtly. So, like, this one that's coming out, is it, like, a brand new game altogether? It came out in Japan a while ago, I believe, but they are releasing it in the okay. West for the first time, and it is a different uh, thing. It's in the past. It's, like, the ancestor of the original Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney character. Okay. So, I'd like to I'd like to see that, because there's, like, this really elegant um, prosecutor that's from Germany, and he's got this wine, and he, like, you know, he kicks up his seat in the, t- in the table at the prosecutor's stand. It's, like, he looks great. <laughs> and they call Japan Nippon, like because that's what the Japanese call it. So it's like yeah. this is nice. I like this, and it happens in feudal Japan pretty much. Well, not feudal Japan, uh, modernizing Japan, uh, where it's still in the past, where it's modernizing. It's getting uh, industrial good. in the yes. industrial era. Yeah, it's getting industrialized. Okay. Yep, so it's pretty good. That I was going to say that does sound pretty dope. Honestly, yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited. The other thing. Um, you guys like Zelda, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. You seem people of taste, oh, of, yeah. of quality, of class. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Hell yeah, okay. Yeah. So, um, did you like Skyward Sword? Did you ever play Skyward Sword back in the Wii U day, and did you like it? I did not get to play it. I didn't have a Wii U. I liked it. Okay. Um, so, I have always been a Skyward Sword defender, because back in, I think it was 2011 when it first came out, and it, like saying that, man, that was a long time ago. It feels like it doesn't feel like it was in 2011. Um, so when it came out, uh, there was a lot of people that didn't like it, didn't like it. And I didn't realize that until like years down the line when I looked at like forums and stuff. People didn't like Skyward Sword. They thought it was shitty. They thought there were too many puzzles. There's all kinds of things. And I've always been salty about that. It was like these people, no appreciation. Good game. Good Zelda game. One of the best. Um, well... There's a lot of good Zelda games. I don't know if... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good Zelda games. I don't... But still, it was a really good game. And uh, 
I think that this is a good opportunity now that it came out on Switch for people to come back and get it. So I'm gonna make I'm making a video on it because now that Breath of the Wild is out um, and it was sorely lacking in puzzles, that whole thing where people were like, "There's not an, there's too many puzzles in in Skyward Sword." Maybe they would change their minds because I've seen people be like, "There's not enough puzzles in Breath of the Wild." Their their puzzle hungry ways might enjoy uh, Skyward Sword more this time around. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I know that I feel like peak Zelda for me, and it's probably a little bit of like uh, nostalgia in there as well. But uh, Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time are always going to be my favorite Zeldas. I mean, it, it's going to be hard to top the experience that I had with those and just how it, they just seemed ahead of their time as far as like entertainment value and stuff that you could get out of. Oh yeah. Game. They revolutionized. So they re- yeah. like Ocarina yeah. revolutionized how, how games were made. It's a Zelda game pretty much just kind of like Link to the past did yeah. before. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So uh-huh. which one out of the two do you like more? <laughs> I would, I would probably have to say Ocarina of Time. I know that that's probably not the more popular choice between the two. I feel like Majora's Mask is pretty heavily favored in like the Zelda community, but I I definitely would say that Ocarina of Time was. I think I also enjoy definitely Ocarina more. And the argument I say to the Majora's Mask people is like, all right, all right, but in, like do me a favor and remember Ocarina of Time and remember how booting up your Nintendo sixty four with its clunky ass controller. And then you you booted it up, and the the opening it's got this intro thing where it has Link riding on the horse and going to different locations, kind of in the morning time, uh-huh. and he's, he's riding around or like in twilight, and it's got this really good song in the intro cutscene while you're sitting there and just listening to it. Yep. Just think about that moment for a moment, and then you tell me Ocarina is not your favorite. Do it, and then a lot of the time you're like, you know what, right. you're right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a fantastic franchise, period. But like. I don't know. I feel like I gravitate more to the earlier tit- titles because, like, even the A Link to the Past that you were talking about, like, I even remember just breaking out the SNES and stuff, like, all of it. I love it so much. And the older games to me, just pound for pound, they, and I do, I know how great of a game Breath of the Wild is. I, I yeah. do. But the older ones, I just feel like pound for pound, they still just stand out well, to me. I, um, Go ahead. Um, I I played most of the older Zelda games. I think my first one was the uh, Link's Awakening on on Game Boy. Mm-hmm. So like I okay, I have history with Zelda, but I do say that my favorite is Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Which see, that's the thing is like that's not it's not a bad take yeah. to have. You know, I don't want you to think that I'm saying that, but like I I'm just saying that they hit. The older games hit harder for me, probably, and there is. There's probably bias in that and nostalgia. So yeah, I mean, you're you're a hundred percent right that Breath of the Wild probably is the best overall. Uh, it's it's different. But it's just well, like, yeah, it's different. It's, but it's different. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, yeah. say but, it like I like openness and freedom, yes. and I like to right, experiment right, with things. Right. So. That's why you have like Japanese channels that still play Breath of the Wild and do crazy shit. Like I like stuff like that. Breath of the Wild just... is like yeah. close to flawless, in my opinion. Like it's like so in terms close. of a video game, it's yeah. close to being flawless. Like it right. almost has no flaws. Right. Um, 
And this is one of those things where I like, I can have my cake and eat it too if, if Nintendo would wake up and just add a couple things. Like, I'm, I'm, like, Breath of the Wild is a masterpiece, but like, it's close. It could be the best Zelda game ever in Breath of the Wild 2 if they just do a few things, small, small. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me real dungeons, real sprawling dungeons Dude. with real puzzles. Oh uh, my God. Do that. Oh my. Dude. And, and, yeah. Breath of the Wild is literally like, Every time I say this, there's at least one person confused, but it's literally a spiritual successor to the very first game. Only thing yes. that was yeah. missing was real dungeons. Yes. So it's like, can you imagine what how fun the world would be with just a bunch of different dungeons? I, I, I could see it. I don't yeah. even need like a whole lot. Like just make make them quality. Make them big, sprawling structures. Uh, it, it, there are actually dungeons with their own loading zone, even <laughs> where they're just they're just by themselves, and then I'm just interacting with with all the Breath of the Wild mechanics with the climbing and the stuff. Like, do do it. Give me uh-huh. give me that stuff. Uh, and uh, you know the the robots in Breath of the Wild they just didn't do it for me. They're not good enough. If you if you gave me sprawling large dungeons like the old Zelda games with real puzzles. Not these little shrine bullshits. Mm-hmm. Combine all the work that you did on all the shrines <laughs> and make them, cut them up yeah. into four pieces <laughs> and then make me four dungeons and then we'll be happy. Uh, and then also, um, the combat in Breath of the Wild is good, but there's too much uh, jank. There's too much um, mm-hmm. being stuck in one spot. When you're swinging a big sword or when you're swinging the small sword, uh, the only one that actually moves you forward a little bit is the spear. There's too much of that. Like, let me move and attack at the same time, like literally all the other Zelda games. Like, an attack moves me forward or moves mm-hmm. me backward or moves me to the side or something. Like, don't don't keep me stuck on the fucking ground. But apart from that, like, the stealth was yeah. really well done on it. Like, the environmental hazards. I, I felt like the, one of the best parts in Breath of the Wild was the early stages before you got the gliding thing. And you had to climb everywhere manual. You had to, like, drop down slowly to the places. Great plateau. So yeah, amazing. the Great Plateau, amazing. Yeah, you had to drop rocks mm-hmm. on monsters because, like, some of them had these clubs that did three hearts and you only had three hearts. Uh, it's it to be right. cautious. I remember this one dry grass field and it's, like, clearly trying to get you to throw fire at it. And so you pick up the fucking thing and you throw fire <laughs> at it and, the, and, like, the whole thing catches a blaze and the monsters are running trying to get away from it and they burns them up. It's like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Uh, you know, you, uh-huh. you cut down a tree to make a log go across a river and it's just like, oh my god, Like this is the greatest game of all time. In, in some ways, I think the parasol actually diluted a little bit of that once you got access to it and left the, the Great Plateau. Because I had so much fun wandering around. I must have spent like five, six, seven hours in the Great Plateau. Yeah, it's fun. Just wandering around and exploring and taking advantage of all those yeah. mechanics that you were talking about like the, the cold the the you stuff. know the environmental thing uh, having having to cook the sea bass for the guy so he gives you a little doublet so you can go into the cold area or or cooking something to go uh-huh. into the cold area uh so that's one of the things i'd also like the combinations the food combinations to be more complicated because they're kind of a joke how they are in breath of the wild they're not <laughs> it's like four bananas and a dragon's tear here's half an hour of uh attack up plus three like okay well well that's great and all but um and yeah com- better combat more like big dungeons and better crafting system that's all i asked for oh yeah wait were you okay with uh the weapons breaking hmm 
because <laughs> I know I know a certain I know Jim Sterling was like he hated that so much. I don't <laughs> I don't think I cared that much. I don't think it was too much of a problem. Um, it kept things fresh, you know. But I uh, they did break too quickly. <laughs> yeah, is one of the, like they I were, think they, they should really last fast. longer. Yeah, I think that might solve it. Oh, for um, sure. But you know. Actually, I really liked the story in Breath of the Wild. It was surprisingly good and well told because you, you know, the you find out what happens by taking, like, looking at an area out in the real world and taking a picture of it, and that was actually a really good mechanic because it's an exploration incentive. Mm -hmm. All the systems in Breath of the Wild seem to connect to each other in really neat ways, because yeah. So you, you like look at all these pictures that Zelda took. Let's we need to go find them so we can get back our memories. And so you're looking at the picture, and over here you see the trees from the Kirkiri forest and over here you see like this canyon and then you're looking around uh, into the real world you get to a nice high spot and you're like all right now let me see if i can see any of the stuff in this picture and so you try and angle yourself and, and then all of that is an incentive to, now you're going and exploring now you've got, you've gone like 15 different adventures uh just getting to the spot that you were trying to get to originally to get this fucking picture and it was just it was wonderful <laughs> and so you you you're getting the story of the of of uh a very untraditional story. So, so like the lore of it is like, the Sheikah were badasses. They had all this nice technology, and they figured out that Link gets reincarnated, uh, Ganondorf gets reincarnated every time. Like they really, they get, it went really meta. They know how, what's going on here. It's like, all right, this is what we do. We're gonna build an army of fucking robots. <laughs> we're gonna surround the spot <laughs> where we think Ganondorf's gonna appear. We're gonna have three, like four giant mechs piloted by four badasses, <laughs> and and. Uh, where as soon as he comes up, we're just gonna blast him. We're just gonna blast the shit out of him, and then uh, and then we're gonna have Zelda stun him, and then Link's gonna kill him. It's gonna be easy as fuck, and then it works, and then it's like, oh, it worked. <laughs> and so, um, but then uh, what happens? The king gets jealous, and he's like, man, these Sheikah too OP, and he makes them like forgo their technology, and so they're not get they're getting ready for the next time around, which is what happened this this last time, and. Uh, so they're trying to recover the mechs. They're trying to they're they're trying to prepare for it. Trying to do the same thing again, um, but Zelda is not understanding how to use her Zelda powers. And Link, uh, Link is like he's he's one hundred percent good. He's he's got everything down, and she's jealous of him, and she's got she's feeling all these emotions, and she's smart. So she's like the scientist thing, and she's like, I can't figure out how to use these powers, Dad. Let me just. Help on these robots then. He's like, no, you go fucking pray more. Go to the church and pray more until you figure out how to use the powers. And it was hilarious. It was just like, it's like it, it felt really bad. And then uh, what, what happens? Like right before uh, the healer mermaid girl was like, you know, when I'm healing somebody and she was going to say, uh, I think I think about the other person. Like I try and not being such a self-centered bitch like you're being right now and uh, and, and think about somebody else. And she, then she gets distracted because the world's ending and Ganondorf goes and they have to do a makeshift plan because Zelda's not ready. But if she had heard those words from Mifa, I think she would have gotten it right then and then everything would have been okay. <laughs> so it's kind of extra tragic. So they go and try a makeshift plan. Doesn't work. Uh, Ganondorf's prepared this time. Uh, kills kills everybody. Literally all the, the whole army, everybody dies. Link gets, like, gets wounded. And as soon as he gets wounded, that's when her powers activate. Once everybody's already dead. And then she she seals Gandalf and puts him in the in the pool, and then she's she's waiting in the castle for her to come save her. And I'm like, that's good. That's a that's a really good story, and it's a really interesting way of telling it by having uh, this this picture ask uh, picture esque, well not picture esque, um, yeah, also picture esque 
uh, story. It's it's it was perfect. I really liked almost everything about Breath of the Wild. Can we if talk they added about dungeons, how I think Link would... is a dickhead after like he start like but before the fall, he was like he decided to be silent, and then after a hundred years, he's just <laughs> a sarcastic dickhead. Like, <laughs> if, if, if you see like if you pay attention to all the the decisions you can make with Link. They're all oh. pretty stupid. Yeah. That's a goddamn idiot. <laughs> I, well, I mean, 100 years yeah. of sleep will do that to you. He's cranky. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know that uh, while, I, while we're on the uh, subject of like Zelda and stuff, I know that I've asked this before in my community and stuff, but I think as far as like a antagonist in like a video game series and stuff like that, I don't know what it is about Ganondorf, but he's just fucking the perfect antagonist to me. I don't know as far as just like even maybe it was even because I was like younger and stuff. But like that was like one of the first times that I came up against like the main boss or this or that in a story or a game. It's where I was like, how the fuck am I going to beat mm. this dude? Like he is so powerful and terrifying. Like how you am I going to beat him the first time you encountered him? Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. Yeah, he had man. the whole organ thing, and as you're climbing up the tower to get him, the the music gets louder and louder as you're climbing up his uh-huh. fucking tower. It was actually super well designed. Like, I, it gave me those feels. I agree with you. Uh, I, I I but I do know why Ganondorf is actually so such an effective villain. It's because um, he's an archetypal theme. He's a reoccurring evil. Like it, it just keeps coming back. So in in some way, he's like an individual. He's a person. And he's like, he's Ganondorf. He mm-hmm. hates, um, he's jealous of the Hylians. He hates how, how they are. He wants, he wants the, he wants to take over the world. And he comes from this Gerudo area, like in Wind Waker. I really liked Ganondorf in Wind Waker. Uh, uh, did you guys beat that one? I'm not sure I want to spoil it if you haven't. I did. Yeah. Oh, no, okay. Yeah. So in Wind Waker was one of my favorite Ganondorfs because he's, um, he comes from uh, the timeline from Ocarina of Time. So he went to the sacred, he was trapped there, and for some reason he got out eventually. Um, but now he's actually aged, he's older, and he's, uh, he, he's reflected, he's thought about it. And so he's over here and, he's, and he wants the Triforce, uh, and like he, he talks to Link when, when they finally face each other at the very top where the water's falling, it was amazing. And he's like, he wanted, uh, he, wanted uh, he's, he lived in this Gerudo area, his, his uh, place was shitty. Uh, people kept dying all over the place. He wanted he wanted better for the Gerudos. He wanted the lands of Hyrule. He wanted uh, everything. And so he goes through this whole thing to get the Triforce. The Triforce connects to him, um, and then goes to other two people. And he's trying to get it to to get his wish. And his wish is actually going to be he's going to raise all of Hyrule back on top of the surface and rule over it uh, once it once it's back on there. And it's like, well, this is kind of cool. Like, I kind of think that's a good idea. We should probably raise Hyrule back above the, the surface. Um, and so it's like an older, more reflective Ganondorf. And, and I liked that. Whereas, I don't know how much into the lore you guys are, but in Ocarina of Time, when he got the Triforce, it kind of connected to him uh, permanently. Like, uh, And so in Twilight Princess, that's a different Ganondorf than in um, Wind Waker. Because the Twilight Princess Ganondorf... Okay. What happened is, when Zelda sends Link to the past at the end of Ocarina of Time, it creates two timelines. Uh, the timeline that Zelda is in, where she sends Link away, there's no Link. There's no yeah. more Link anymore. So she's, she, she has to live out her life now, going forward in time. All right, 
and that's the Wind Waker timeline. So Gandalf comes back, and there's no Link around, and so he wins, and he, and, and the gods like flood the land so that he doesn't get Hyrule, uh, and that's what happens. Is and then the isn't the yeah. skeleton that teach you that teaches you techniques? Yes, the Hero of Time, right? Yes. So in Twilight Princess, that's the version where Link goes back in time. So Link has gone back in time, and he tells Zelda about everything that happened. He goes up to her in the castle, tells her everything that happens. They catch Ganondorf, okay, uh, and they judge him, and that's the scene you see in Twilight Princess where the sages are surrounding him and they kill him, and they're trying to send him, and then they send him to the Twilight Realm. That's this. That's the universe where Link went back in time uh, to do that, and so, and so uh, he does that. But he's not supposed to have the Triforce. He never got the Triforce in that timeline. But the Triforce seems to be like this multi-dimensional thing. When any of them got them, they all got them. And so the sages were surprised. How the fuck does he have the Triforce of Power? And he manages to kill one of them before they send him to the Twilight Realm. And so now he's connected to that. His personality is is fused with the personality of, of evil. That's why he gets reincarnated. Uh, Zelda gets reincarnated through her bloodline. And Link gets reincarnated kind of like Ganondorf. Although actually, I think Ganondorf never has reincarnated really he's just never really been finished off because he's got the triforce of power okay. yeah um i'm not so sure about that last part is so good because it yes. explains all of that most of yes it explains anyway. it so good yes uh but I, I handy hasn't played that so i'm not i'm gonna spoil that <laughs> i was gonna say i mean i'm gonna try and you find a way to play that you should definitely sure should now. came out on switch you should get it well i was gonna say because i mean like that's that's the thing too is like having a protagonist uh well an antagonist that like they're not just like strictly purely mm-hmm. evil i i mean i understand that that works well and they you can do that right as well but it's just like having an antagonist to where you're like well i kind of see what you yes. know what i mean or like you can at least like you can see what they're doing you know and see why and be empathetic to it and like uh i don't know if you guys have ever one of my favorite movies of all time is the Watchmen and uh, like Osmandius. Yeah. His whole, like why I liked him so much as an antagonist was because like you could understand why he was putting all these in- events in place. It was for, in his mind, the actual betterment of society and stuff. And like, I, I love antagonists like that. So how you were talking about like Ganon in that sense I really do. I absolutely. I need to get into it and play Skyward Sword. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, I feel like a lot of us have grown up with with Zelda and Zelda characters, and even, specifically Ganondorf, because we've seen different sides of Ganondorf. In in Ocarina, he was like this cocky, uh, young, hungry, uh, ambitious Ganondorf, and then in Twilight right. Princess, he was this revenge obsessed uh, Ganondorf, and in Wind Waker, he was this reflective. Ganondorf, uh, and now we have Breath of the Wild, where it's two Breath of the Wild two, where it seems like it's Ganondorf again, because you, it, this is just me theorizing, but it looks like what happened is that the Sheikah sealed him underneath the castle, and they did this because they don't want him to reincarnate and have to keep doing this every hundred years, and so they kept him alive in like a mummified form because he looks mummified right. kind of like those monks in the shrines are yeah so i think they okay. i think they keep okay. they did something to keep him alive so that he doesn't die and that's why there hasn't been any more male gerudo since him 
because a, a male Gerudo gets born into the Gerudo line every hundred years or so, is what the lore says. But there hasn't been any since Ganondorf. Okay. So he's never died. Uh, so they're, they're keeping his reincarnation alive. Uh, right. And so uh, that it's you can see like a little spiral of smoke coming out of him. So it's seeping out of him. The seal weakened or something, and it's like and that's the whole Ganondorf smoke thing that you see all throughout Breath of the Wild. It's that thing, the accumulation of that malice, because it's called malice in the game. It's his malice. Uh, he's he's alive down there, and it's his malice that's coming out and, and attacking uh, Hyrule. So it's pretty great. I'm really interested in the story of Breath of the Wild too. Absolutely, man. You got me wanting to go into a whole ass <laughs> yeah. dive on yeah. Zelda, man. Especially a Skyward Sword. I do. I absolutely do. It's the origin. That. It's the first Zelda game. Oh God! See. I have so much on my plate already, and this is, I knew I shouldn't have talked <laughs> to you guys. I knew I was going to come out of this with, like, eight different things that I needed to play and this and yeah, that. I'm also, like... I still got eggs. I got to steal, yeah, no, guys. I'm, God I'm damn. flooded. I'm flooded with, with um, content ideas that I want to do. So I, I, I can't be doing any more big 40-minute long videos for a while. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> no, believe me, I get that. But um, as far as... Like uh, the the whole Zelda thing. Do you do you think you're going to be doing more outside of like Skyward Sword? Or I'm going to do a Skyward Sword thing, that one? and I'm going to make at least one Skyward Sword video, maybe two, and then maybe another one talking about how I want Breath of the Wild to have dungeons. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say that would be so much fun because that's that's the thing too is like that's one of the best things about the older games. Like, like I remember still getting like the iron boots and like walking on the yeah. bottom of the seafloor and mm. stuff like doing all that cool shit like it, and it was like specifically in those dungeons you know what i mean you had an item that would like carry you through yes. that dungeon to get another item that was going to carry you yeah. through the next dungeon and i i loved it i loved it and now with all the tools that you have like you can make some interesting puzzles like this, the the ice glyph that you had with this the thing that the time freeze thing that you had uh, yeah, uh -huh. like, please, just, just give me some dungeons. <laughs> they would be good. They'd be very I think it'd be the best Zelda game good. ever made I mean, they, if, they, if they did all the things I requested. And then the story was also as good as I'm hoping it'll be. Like, best Zelda ever made. 100%. Because it, oh, yeah. it also I has the pedigree of having been Breath of the Wild 2. Because now we have experience with Breath of the Wild's universe. Like, now it's got some back background background lore background story yep. uh, so now we've got and then it had and then that has all of the background from all of zelda uh because breath of the wild seems to be like the furthest they've ever gone in the story like we're, we're not in between one game or the other game we're not between like wind waker and and majora's mask no this is the furthest forward they've ever gone i wonder how they're going to see explain it. that yeah oh it's so good right <laughs> i was gonna say believe me we could tell we could tell for sure how much you love it. And I, like, I just, I really do. Like, I expect myself to jump in and find oh. some more videos and this and that to really, like, dive you know deep what? into it. That, so, as much shit as I talk about Nintendo, I think Nintendo sucks as a hardware <laughs> company right now. But sure, absolutely. their franchises are timeless, right? And oh, Zelda no was doubt. always my favorite Nintendo franchise since I was really young. And I think that's what started my obsession with elves. Which is why I called myself <laughs> Wyvarian. 
I think that's what started it because wow. I remember I even had a Link figure when I was a kid too. So and not many kids okay. had a Link figure, you know, like that was hard to find. Right. So yeah. I think like I just loved elves because I loved Link. Yeah, I almost Holy when I was shit. young, I liked I had this like uh, Ocarina of Time strategy guide, and on the strategy guide had a cover a picture of Link from Ocarina of Time, and I noticed on his little elf ears he had like. The earrings? Piercings? Yeah. Ear piercings? Yeah, so uh-huh. he had like a ring one and then like a stud. I don't remember exactly what he had. But it looked so cool to me. Yeah. He's like, man, I'm going to get my ears pierced just like Link. I'm going to go do that. I didn't actually go and do it because he had it like across the ear. Yeah. And he, I didn't actually go and do it. Okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, I almost did. <laughs> that was like the coolest shit. I, I, I was think Ocarina of Time Link had the oh, best for sure. looking design, to be honest. At least for the time. For the oh, time. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I mean when I say, like, pound for pound. Like, I know that, obviously, aesthetically, like, Breath of the Wild is gorgeous and this and that. But, I mean, just, like, for the time it came out and everything. Like, because I do agree with you as far as, like, the design. I think Ocarina of Time is, like, yeah, the best. Yeah. You know, the best that he's looked. And, like, I don't know. There's just so many things that jump out to me when you talk about that. You guys are making me want to go so play Ocarina of Time. Stop it. I, I'm not going to make Zelda like, videos. I won't. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> See, and like, I, just like, you can't forget like Saria's song and yeah. stuff. Like, that'll play in my head. As soon as somebody talks about Ocarina of Time, that song starts playing. Yeah, Zelda's like head. part of our culture. Like, like all game culture. It's not just part of some game culture. It's part of like, near yeah, right. had like the thing where, where, like the guy had got a mask and he just like and put it on top of his head like that whole thing that was that happened yep. in near like that happens all the time there's zelda references on everything i think in final fantasy one they had his oh, tombstone yeah. where it said here lies link uh it's just uh on the oh, in the okay. elf village it's just uh like zelda is part of game culture like you can't escape it yeah it's one of the best franchises period like like top to bottom there hasn't been many things that they've done wrong honestly like a a lot of the stuff that the zelda franchise the stuff that they put out is pretty solid like honestly even like your worst your least favorite zelda game is still better than is better than 90 percent yes sounds like (laughs) monster hunter exactly yes exactly yeah no but i didn't even know that we were going to get the the wyvarian 5g (laughs) as well in this podcast oh Hang on, I'm sorry again. I, I gotta do something. It's gonna take one minute. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. No, but um. So like, have you been uh jumping back into? Because I mean, obviously you got uh stories too a week early. Have you uh been diving back like into the any of the other Monster Hunters? And well, stuff? I briefly played Rise for a little bit, but I I guess because um I do want to go the second gen. I didn't play much of second gen. I'm a third gen baby, so oh, um, got you. But it's it's hard, man. So, <laughs> it's, is that would freedom that be unite? Like freedom yeah, second unite? gen or yeah, and dose. Dose, yeah, I want to play dose. Too. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say because I know that uh, one of the people that I play with, Neko, he was talking about uh, he was talking about going back to freedom unite and stuff, and we were kind of like talking about how to emulate it and all that stuff. So. Uh, we're trying to figure that out, but I just know that like going back to four U and three U and stuff. I mean, there is, there are just so many like quality of life Mm -hmm. things that I miss. And 
I just, I'm almost scared to go back to like, you know, the dose and freedom. It feels so because... different. Right, right. And I mean, there is obviously things that like the older games did better or like, you know, that better enhance the experience, like not being able to restock anytime you want and, you know, this and that. But there's some of those quality of life things that are just like, uh, you just miss them instantly because even like three you like having item loadouts that was huge and stuff not oh my god it's just it, it, it's so so different and yeah i mean i definitely want to go back to second generation as well but it's like oh i i'm basically prepared to be a little frustrated very frustrated those hitboxes are fucking nuts oh they're pretty Plus bad the hitbox that's how it became a meme <laughs> oh fuck! I didn't know that was the thing. Who was the uh, who was the flagship for uh, Narga Narga Kuga? Oh, okay, okay. I didn't either. What do you know? Who was for uh, uh, for uh, Kushala Deora? Okay, I thought Kushala came See, with so weird. all of the other like Camellios until I thought they were a thing. Nah, I mean, Camellios was... I think Camellios was in Monster Hunter 1. I, or, uh, wait, was he in 1 or was it 2? I think he also came in 2. Oh, no, no, no. I had no... Believe me, I had no... Dude, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a world baby, man. You you got this shit unlocked. But, I do not. But, yeah, I didn't know that Camellios was, like, yeah, far uh, back. Yeah, it's, it's pretty far back. And um, Kushala... Kushala was the flagship of Dose, and that's why in World you hear... You kind of hear a bit of Dose's main theme in his song, which was nice. Oh, okay. That's dope. I like that. I like how they, you know, I don't want to like say like Im- modernize. Immortalize? But I mean, just like, like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Like for the people that Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, hey that's my like too. Dose or, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. They do a really good job with that, honestly. Except if they ever go back to Zenogre's roar being the way that it was in like World Night <laughs> I will because it it's old world Zenogre's roar sounds isn't it so like that in stories better. too at least when he's like when yeah. he howls that shit is so loud like in a good way it's it's as yeah. loud yeah 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 huh. cuz like in World and Iceborne they tried to make it too much like an actual yeah. wolf howl and make it sound like more realistic, if you will. But like old world, you have that like electric static, yeah. Wolf how you know, to where it's it's like in it's like a beast that wouldn't actually be in real life. It's like Zenogre screaming it into a so like they treated it as such. Or a there wolf. you Zenogre's go. One of the, there you go. Zenogre is already one of the ones that are that is less realistic. They should play into that. Like they shouldn't. They shouldn't like try and make it more realistic he's already kind of he's he's a magic thunder he's a goddamn wolf. He looks thunder like... dragon wolf right. <laughs> like... right right and that's one of the things that i think that they like the realism of world and iceborne they kind of like took yeah. it too far you know because like you can only make it so realistic you know even though i do think overall they did a pretty fantastic job as far as like the realism of like trying to bring some kind mm-hmm. of realism to it and you know like a real 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 world feel 
But like, yeah, they went too far with the roar. <laughs> it was too I like much of like an actual wolf howl. Those Zenogers. I thought it was a lore thing. I thought like maybe yes. New World Zenogers were just mad big, but apparently yeah, he's he was, way like, bigger in the. Thing. Yeah, no, he's too large. In yeah. in Rise, he's tiny. He's a baby. <laughs> Looks like a monster in comparison to the world one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's the thing too. Something that I would like to see in like the future stories game. I don't like how small. Well, the I think get. I, I, I mean, still... see, they're they're smaller. They're still small in in stories too. But if you go back to stories one, they look like fucking bobbleheads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they fucking do. Zenogar still has a big ass head. Like it's weird. Uh huh. Because I still kind of want them to yeah. feel, you know what I mean, like yeah, monsters, yeah. you know, like big hulking beast and stuff like that. I get that they can't be like original yeah, size. Yeah, because is fucking huge. Yeah, he is, man. Like, goddamn. But it, it's that that game. I just it's, can't even. Like the whole time that so we sit good, here and talk, bro. like I can't yo, wait me to too. Play like, more. dude, it's like I honestly can't. I put that game on the same level as like Dragon Quest Eleven, as far as like really good JRPGs go. It's on that level, definitely. Yeah. I was gonna say, I mean, sales wise, yeah, it hit. It did hitting. fantastic. Didn't it already? It hasn't already outsold stories. Dude, 1 okay, something? so stories one was like because it uh, was a Japan exclusive for like a year. I think it was like 100k, 100 and so k for the first week. And throughout the year, it oh, wow. was at 300k. Stories 2, wow. In a week or so is at 1 million. So holy shit, man. Gr- granted, it's worldwide, yeah. not just Japan, but it's still good. That's still good. Still. Still. That's insane, man. But it, I'm glad. I'm so so glad that it's selling well and like that's the thing too is like i i know that there's i know that there's some content creators that they're like oh yeah stories too <laughs> stories too but it's just kind of like it's fluff <laughs> you know what i mean like they because they just they want to support monster hunter and stuff like that and then they just like completely fell off of stories too and stuff but i still am kind of thankful for that because you know it's putting stories too in the spotlight and it has put it to the point to where we are we're going to be getting stories games for years and years to come i'm curious to see how long that's it's going to be between each iteration what do you guys think as far as like hmm. release schedule <laughs> you heard that hmm. <laughs> well actually i, I mean uh, honestly uh, yeah i feel like what they did with stories, uh, the gap between one and two was perfect because this is not something that you mm-hmm. can churn out annually and have it be this good. So I right. think a three to four year gap is fine. What do you guys think about the possibility of like a G rank expansion type deal with these stories games? Do you think that's like a possibility? Do you think that's something they'd be able to do or? Would it, like, hinder the game or be beneficial? I'm not what sure if think? it would be beneficial, but I don't think that's the kind of thing they're looking to do because the roadmap is fairly extensive. So I feel like the roadmap right, uh, right. is going to continue down for a while, and that's going to be, like, it's G-Rank. It's going to be how they treated World. That's what it seems like they're treating this one. They're going to have 
you know, they're gonna have Kovatar, literally Kovatarov, and then uh, White Fatalis probably. And, you know, I think that that's just gonna be the kind of thing that they do. They're just gonna support it in that way. I don't think they're interested in doing a G rank expansion for it. Well, I was, I I was thinking about that. I don't know how that would work because the balancing right. would be weird because we already mm. have a max level of ninety nine in the game. Not, I mean, they could go higher, right? But it's right. like, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see it happening <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Would you guys be interested yeah, in Altura? Or the boss, or, or the boss from Monster Hunter Stories One, uh, make coming Fuck to rise. Yes. I know exactly what you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, ask. that would be great. Fuck yes. Hell yeah, yeah, I would like to see those Elder Dragons in Rise, especially Altura, because he's he's pretty cool in his moth like uh, his final form. Kind of weird. They they don't have yeah, equipment. See, like, well, they yeah, that's yeah, they gotta yeah. give us equipment in yeah. Rise in the G rank expansion. Yes. I was gonna say. No, but see, like that's the thing too is uh, how we're talking about like these the end game stuff and whatnot. I <laughs> I am ready to move on from Capcom being like, oh, who's this secret <laughs> final boss? And then it's like the entire community is like literally like point two seconds after they like introduce that they're like it's, hmm. it's Fatalis. Yeah, like you know what I mean, like how they have yeah. that big old question mark with the dragon Who's flying this in the sky Pokemon? in that trailer you know? <laughs> yeah it's like you see that long skinny ass tail you see that long skinny yeah. ass neck like oh you know like what fatalis, i man. think just... the the question mark co-op quest is just fatalis not not white fatalis yeah i don't think it's white you know why because you can only hunt fatalis two times in the base game yeah, you can only hunt them twice because there's like two versions of the in-game dungeon. So y- right. twice, if you don't make all his equipment, you gotta wait for the co-op quest. Huh. Yeah, yeah, and see, like that's I-, I I'm ready to move beyond that. Like, just give us Fatalis and then like bring a different surprise or something. Like, give me fucking Dalmatian yeah. or something like yeah. that. As like, because I mean, this is a you don't boss. even have to consider the gameplay. Just you can have Dalmatian and and uh, in a story's setting because you don't have to you don't have to think about the gameplay. Right, you, you just have him be there. Stop it. <laughs> right. Exactly, and I mean, like you could just I mean, you just have to go off the whole technical power yeah. speed thing. You know what I mean? And like. It doesn't matter how big the monster is. I mean, it's still just speed, technical, and a co- power. A fight like that but can like, be done yeah. in phases where, like, you're climbing yeah. a rock to fight right. him. And then, yeah, it's pretty cool. That would be cool. Yeah. And, yeah, and just be, like, section off. I mean, like, they kind of somewhat did that a little bit with mm-hmm. uh, Ultora. You know what I mean? You had, yeah. like, phases and stuff like that. And it would be perfect to do that. But, I mean... If we're talking about Dalamadur, I mean, he needs to be in Rise already. Yeah, I think Dalamadur would be really good in Rise with all your movement and ability to climb up stuff. You could fight him in different spots. You could oh, have yeah. hunters in different spots on a, on a, on the map, like like climbing and, and still attacking it in completely different areas. That could be part of the mechanics, you know? Right. Like, oh, we ought, we have to take out all four of his like things before he does this big attack thingy or to, to break his parts. It'd be great. Uh-huh. It could be really good. I could see it. Um... But I'm also with you, Handy. I'm sick of Capcom's marketing strategy, spoiling everything. Literally, every <laughs> everything. monster. It's not yeah. even just Monster Hunter. They yeah, do the everything. same thing with Ace Attorney. I was looking at the trailer for the new Ace Attorney thing, and uh, 
they give you a whole overview of the fucking case. Like, oh, this person was murdered. It's a mysterious thing. Uh, could it be these two uh, henchmen-looking people? Or uh, it's like a mysterious witness saw them do it, and the mysterious witness looks like this badass. Uh, it's like, yeah, it was him. <laughs> That's good. It did it. <laughs> like, God damn okay. it. Yeah, why would you do this? Now, you already know who did it. Now you just have to find the way yeah. to prove it and go through it. Yeah, it's like, that. wow. That, yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not, that's not good. But I mean, they do, they do do that. They reveal pretty much everything in their hand. That's why uh, Basil, uh, listen, like how I was talking about, I was watching the Third Fleet. Uh, they were talking about it's Basil geese or something like that. I'm not saying <laughs> that shit. It's Basil geese. It is Basil goose. Uh, like, okay, so here's the, here's the thing. The localization team doesn't know shit. Because they, they, they call Alatreon Alatreon. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to myself. I'm not going to call it Alatreon. No, it's Alatreon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what the yep. localization Alatreon. team... Alatreon. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. It's like a French yeah, and dish. She... <laughs> right. <laughs> and I mean, like, as far as revealing everything, like, that's why Basil and Rise was so dope, is because they didn't spoil it. You know what I mean? Like, we actually got somewhat surprised. Dude, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck is right. that? Right. Right. And that feeling was so good. But then, like, the rest of the the entire roster, yeah. I mean, we already knew what we were pretty much going to be. They fucked it in front of dude. They fucked it. Like, they yeah. literally told us, yeah. ev- told us everything. Every monster. To the, Every to the monster. point where we expected uh-huh. to have at least one surprise, and we didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and see, that's part of the reason, I think, too, that people are so... Uh, 